pretty interesting independent movie called Butter. Isn't Jennifer it's Garner? Jennifer in Garner, it? yeah. Mm-hmm. Is she any good in it? She's okay. She stinks in everything else. <laughs> she's pretty good in that. She's really good in that American Express ad. She's gorgeous. I like her. I bet she's super cool to hang out with. West Virginia. But every movie she's in, she has zero charisma. She's like the biggest buzzkill in every yep. single movie she's in. Juno, buzzkill. Dallas Buyers Club, buzzkill. She's a sad woman who can't have a baby. <laughs> what do you want her to be? You mean just in Juno? In Juno. Oh, I thought you, oh, meant, I thought you just meant in life. In life. No, no, I no. thought like, <laughs> describe Juno. her overall aura. Well, she's kind of like a sad woman. She's barren. <laughs> kind of a barren spinster. You know. <laughs> Not much fun at parties. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's four minutes after six at DVE. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Cold, frigid, bitter, just pick your adjective. A couple of flurries today. High temperature of eight degrees. Wind chill most of the day. 10 to 20 degrees below zero. Down to minus one tonight. 10 on Saturday. But again, wind chills below zero throughout the day. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It is zero degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The bomb cyclone is leaving the northeast buried in snow. That winter storm dumped heavy snow on cities along the coast, including New York City, Boston, and Providence. Blizzards are still possible overnight in Maine and New Hampshire. For much of the east coast, the National Weather Service is warning of very cold temperatures over the next few days. That storm has claimed the lives of at least five people so far. Three in North Carolina and one each in Pennsylvania and Virginia. Did you see any of the news coverage of this last night? Oh, yeah. The flood. I don't know. How are they, they going to deal flooding with the flooding? Bo- oh, man. I have no idea. Because that water is just going to freeze. Ugh. Oh, it's a nightmare. I, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. A new book that paints an extremely chaotic picture of the Trump administration goes on sale today. Publisher Henry Holt and Company is releasing Fire and Fury inside the Trump White House early as President Trump's lawyers tried to stop publication. Excerpts were published this week. Trump says the book is phony and that author Michael Wolf never had access to the White House. Wolf says he had wide access to the West Wing for months and conducted hundreds of interviews with members of the president's staff. And I read reports yesterday that he's got interview uh, tapes of the interviews to yeah. prove that he had the access that the administration says he didn't have. There's something really messed up about the human condition that we're allowing this guy to stay there, that we're making excuses for him. He's now claiming the guy was never there. I mean, everybody knows he was there. He had tapes of everything. That he never had access. He's they're on tape. He'd been there forever. He's an old friend of Trump's. This constant alternate reality from a sick old man is going to get us all killed. <laughs> and this book, it, it had the effect of finally, like everybody knew all of this stuff, and now it's just like, look, it's all laid out in front of us. How, at what point do we do we start to believe all of the same stories? Mm-hmm. About this guy. Well, one guy who may be out of a job, uh, Steve Bannon, the board of directors at conservative website Breitbart News, reportedly is considering firing him as he continues his feud with President Trump. This is the funniest beef. Uh, It really is. (laughs) Uh, Former Breitbart spokesman Kurt Bardella talked about Bannon's future last night on MSNBC. The Wall Street Journal reports influential board members are distancing themselves from Bannon over quotes attributed to him in that uh, new book. 
A new study says fewer Americans are getting cancer and fewer of those who do are dying from the disease. The American Cancer Society reports that the national mortality rate from cancer has fallen 26 percent since 1991. Experts say steady reductions in cigarette smoking are a big reason for the decline, as well as advances in early detection and cancer treatments. The deadliest cancers remain lung, colorectal, breast and prostate. That's good news, but it seems sex injuries are on the rise. Fire crews in Suffolk, England, were called to help a man remove a penis ring when it got stuck during a sex game gone wrong. (laughs) Doctors and nurses at a hospital tried lube to get it off. That didn't work. So 10 firefighters showed up. Wow, that seems excessive. (laughs) They tried to use hydraulic equipment to get it off, but that didn't work either. I don't know if they used the jaws jaws of life or a second group of firefighters then showed up to try to help. Which they probably just wanted were they to see strippers? What was going were on. those the stripper ones? Maybe <laughs> they finally were able to remove it with cutting equipment. Oh, uh, uh, that's a delicate place to be cutting anything. Last time I play ring toss with that guy. <laughs> the London Fire Brigade says they've received a growing number of calls in which people need help removing penis rings. They say the numbers of people needing rescued has risen every year for the past two years. The other common reason for rescuing people, handcuffs. People get handcuffs on and they can't get them off. Folks, when you put your penis rings on, make sure you don't go out and have a nice big salty dinner afterwards. You know? Yeah. You, you don't want to you don't want to feel the bloat. No, you you really are going to need to be able to shrink. <laughs> I, I think the most important day of penis ring ownership is the, <laughs> the sizing, the, the sizing day. You know what they say you know? about penis ring ownership? Best two days of a penis ring owner's <laughs> life. Day he buys it and the day the jaws of life cut it off his penis. <laughs> Rescue workers say they think it's because of the Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh yeah, movies that thing and everybody's that's hurting a lot. I, I haven't Those seen the films. Are so bad, hurting a lot of penises. Haven't seen the films. Is there uh, a lot not, of penis ring in it? I don't know. I've only seen bits and pieces of both, but they're not sexy at all. First off, the acting is terrible. Oh, it's really bad. And it's just not like in the the first one. I saw the tail end. He's abusing her essentially. Yeah. Yeah, not the climate for those movies anymore. Um, no. Like, it's not light, you know, with the little whip or the little thing with the feathers on the end. I don't know. What do you call it? (laughs) (laughs) The little whip. The little whip. Bring the little whip over here. Bring the little feather whip over here. (laughs) More of like a teasing kind of thing. This is not that. No. This is like assault. Yeah, almost. Yeah. So it's not not very sexy. Uh, Country musician and club owner Mickey Gilly is recovering from injuries he suffered in a Texas accident. Gilly and his son were driving Wednesday when their SUV rolled over after another vehicle ran a stop sign in front of them. Gilly's wife says even though he broke his ankle and shoulder in the accident, he's still planning to perform this Saturday. Taping of the game show Jeopardy is on hold while host Alex Trebek recovers from brain surgery. The 77-year-old TV personality. I can't believe he's 77. How old is he? 77. 77? He must have good plastic surgeons and makeup people and hair people. He looks, it seems like he hasn't changed. Yeah, I just don't think he's got a lot of stress. Yeah, probably that too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably doesn't have a penis ring, you know. (laughs) 
<laughs> he just had blood clots removed last month that resulted from a bad fall he suffered in October in a video posted on the show's website. He dubbed the operation a slight medical problem. Sony Pictures Entertainment will uh, said he will return to the studio in mid-January. The only expected schedule change will be the delay of the annual college championship, which will be pushed to April. Finally, U2 singer Bono is asking men to do more to support women in a passionate essay he wrote for Time magazine. In the essay entitled, Why It's Time for Men to Step Up for Women Too, the singer addresses the Me Too movement, saying men can't step back and leave it to women alone to, quote, clean up the mess we've made and are still making. He goes on to say that misogyny, violence, and poverty are problems we can't solve at half strength. He ends by saying that making education a priority is a way of making equality a priority. Flurries, bitter cold temperatures today in the single digits, wind chills of 10 to 20 below zero. It'll drop below zero overnight forecast for tomorrow, pretty much like today. It is zero degrees at DVE. Yeah, it's just when I was a kid and I discovered it, every time I heard it, it was magical. It had a power over me. It had like this. (laughs) Just rocks. Turn it up as loud as you can. Clapton did a version of it on his 24 Nights recording that. Oh man, I always loved it. And it just th- th- that was one of those songs. When I was a kid, that was the coolest flipping song. That and Badge was another one that I always really loved that they did. Um you know, the Steelers headed for a showdown with the Patriots more than likely, and uh everybody's wondering, you know, Mike Tomlin caught a ton of crap for saying that they were looking ahead to New England or that, you know, they were thinking about them, you know, three weeks before they actually had to play them. Uh, And by the way, they won every game leading up to that game after that and basically won the Patriots game too. Yeah. They're beatable. Right. Right. We can beat them. But he got criticized for not being singularly focused on a week in, in advance and and uh, the, allowing the Patriots to be a distraction. Meanwhile, Gronk <laughs> has a comedy special. Could you imagine what the national pundits would say? I'm fine. I didn't think I could be offended <laughs> at anything involving comedy. I'm offended. Yeah. Now, he got in trouble at the roast of uh, Big Poppy earlier last year for telling this uh, racist joke. And, and that superhero, you know, that Falcon, the superhero, that's the black guy. You know, who can, you know, who, who can even fly when he's not being chased by the cops? That's his superpower. I mean, now look, here's the oh, thing. Man. It's a roast and you say lots of awful things. Uh, he, I am more offended at how badly he butchered the joke. His delivery. I mean, he balked. <laughs> His windup was awful. Sarah Tiana was a writer for that. Uh, she writes for a lot of the roasts, and she was on the show talking about working with Gronk. Now, there was some controversy <laughs> surrounding that roast because Rob Gronkowski. Who, yeah, who plays for the Patriots, which is a team. I mean, I would cheer for Al-Qaeda before the Patriots, but yes. <laughs> okay. He does play for that team. He told a couple jokes, um, <laughs> one of which was a Jewish joke. That he that he uh, told at the expense of uh, the Josh roast Wolf. master Josh Wolf that mm-hmm. night, and uh, he also told this one, which uh, people got pretty upset about. And, and that superhero, you know, that Falcon, the superhero, that's the black guy. You know who can you know who who can even fly when he's not being chased by the cops? That's his superpower. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was a great joke. <laughs> okay. Now. A great joke. All right. So that, what was the Jewish one he said about the, was it the quarterback? Just, yeah. Okay. Now, the reason he said that is because I had a joke about Josh where I said he couldn't play football because Jewish people don't like camps. <laughs> and <laughs> which is a better joke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so then I was telling Grok that joke and he's like, oh, he's Jewish. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, maybe I'll do like the quarterback thing. And I'm thinking, eh, that's kind of hacky, but you can pull it off because right. you're Gronk. Yeah, he's Gronk. So now he's got his own stand up special on Showtime. I Gronk. Now, to be fair, he's not doing like a, a 90 minute set. He's going to be the like host of a variety of comics that are coming on. Well, I thought it said he was also going to do a little stand Oh, he for sure will. How many comics are on the bill? 69? <laughs> <laughs> if he has his way, <laughs> yes. <clears throat> um, if you know what I mean. It's <laughs> oh, just oh, God. such a dope. Uh, Mike's, and he's uncoverable. <laughs> yeah, and he's great. So this is the only thing we can really make fun of him for. This is his lack of comedic prowess. Mike's coming in next with a sports update. Pens look like... Uh, they said, you know what? We won two in a row. Enjoy those. <laughs> it's probably not going to be three. That's our streak. Right. Two was pretty good, right? <laughs> Mike's in next. Steve. Love ends. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show and lackluster effort from the Pens last night. I told you 70s night was a bad idea. Yeah, he did. You were right. The Penguins uh, honoring the decade of the 70s last night at the PPG Paints Arena. And man, <laughs> did they get it right. All we need is uh, a padlock on the door and a note from the IRS this morning, and they'll have it down pat. As for what took place on the ice last night, very 70s esque. So the clock to go. Penguins four to their own end. Cam Moore that close to uh, posting the perfect game against the Penguins. For the first time in his NHL career, Cole trying to spoil that, but he lost the puck to Brett Pesci, and time runs out for the first time in his career. Cam Moore to shut out the Penguins, and the 26th shutout in his NHL uh, career, which has uh, been a long time, boy, for him in the NHL. 4 nothing, Carolina. I guess 7-1 to to Boston or 9-3 to to Montreal yeah. would have been really... 70s-esque, but uh, the Penguins, uh, their their regular season schedule still apparently has not gotten their attention. Uh, coming off that uh, encouraging performance in Philadelphia Tuesday night, they had Carolina last night in the Islanders tonight, two teams that were directly ahead of them in the standings, and uh, they show up with nothing last night at PPG, uh, falling to 20-19-3, and 43 points. That's one behind the Islanders, who have 44, and now three behind Carolina, which has 46 points and is in possession of the second and final wild card spot in the Eastern Conference. The Hurricanes also have a couple of games in hand on the Penguins. Uh, no time for Pittsburgh to pitch about it. They're on. Uh, they're at the Islanders tonight, seven o'clock on your Penn's flagship, 105.9 the X. Bad. Disappointing. Sad. You know, I was saying during the break, Mike, imagine if the Penguins would have somehow, almost inexplicably, caved to the pressure and capitulated to the fans' wishes to keep Marc-Andre Fleury dealing the young goaltender in Matt Murray. 
They, if they had done that, Randall, they would probably be in first place. 42-0-0 right about now. Yep. My point being, Mark andre Fleury, <laughs> who so many thought was persecuted, probably is going to get out of this better than anyone. You know, but look, the Pens can bounce back and win two more cups in the next four years. I mean, they, they've got the talent. But the the booze and the blame that would have rained down upon him for this season, he would have never recovered. It would, it would have been James Harrison times 100. He would never have had a post-career life in Pittsburgh. Well, not like he, he'll he be able to have now anyways. Because now he can play in Vegas or wherever for you know the next six, seven years if he wants. And come back here and people will love him forever. Definitely. Funny how stuff works out. Just saying. All the people who are like, trade Murray, keep Flurry. Thank God that didn't happen for Flurry's sake. And I'm not saying I think it's Matt Murray's fault. It's not. There's no offense. And the defense has been crap a lot. defense Yeah. <laughs> Pens at the Islanders tonight. Steelers were uh, hard at work on the south side yesterday. And you know what Thursday means? Coordinator Thursday. Oh, see, Todd Haley had... Uh, a little stuff to talk about, not that he was willing to talk about it much. Before I talk football, uh, I want to uh, address something that I'm sure you have uh, questions about. A few nights ago, unfortunately, I was in a situation. Um, the situation, though not of my doing, uh, has been made clear to me by the Steelers uh, that it is a non-issue to, to both the team and the Steelers organization. Uh, my soul... Uh, focus is on preparing for next week's playoff game, and so it won't be addressed further. Um, that being said, I'm really excited about the opportunity these playoffs uh, bring to our players, coaches, and, and the entire Steeler organization. And any questions? Todd, were you shoved? Shoved to the ground? Is that what happened? As I said, I'm, that's as far as I'll address it. Walk the foot right. Okay. Football stuff. That's his story, and he's sticking to it. Football stuff. But he's coaching and coordinating, and uh, they're getting ready for an opponent to be named this weekend. Uh, being that it was coordinator Thursday, uh, Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, was also available. And I was curious how Butts managed to survive the transition from 2017 to 2018. So I was here New Year's Eve. Uh, uneventful, you might say. I went home, and I was tired. That is the correct response. <laughs> I wonder what's going to happen next week. I don't know. This The drama. Once the opponent is determined, will somebody be, somebody's wife will be caught wearing a Jaguar skin coat or something. <laughs> Pete will get involved. And hey, you know, the, uproar. the Patriots aren't free from drama. ESPN is is publishing a huge article about this mega rift between mm-hmm. Belichick and Brady and Kraft, which uh, I'm I'm loving. Yeah, I don't even care if it's true. Seems to really have affected them to this point. They're coming unglued, man. Yeah, well, who'd they lose to leading up to playing us when somebody asked Belichick if he was looking forward? Were you looking past the Miami? I think. Yeah, the Dolphins. 
to the Steelers. It made him so upset. It was my favorite press conference of the year. College basketball last night, uh, Robert Morris defeated St. Francis of Brooklyn 80-79 to in overtime. Colonials are 9-7 overall, 3-0 in the Northeast Conference. A couple of develop or one score I didn't get to yesterday. Uh, Duquesne won on Wednesday night, 69 to 52 over George Washington. That's significant because Duquesne improved to 11 and four overall. The Dukes were 10 and 22 last year, so they've already got more wins this year than they had last season. And uh, a follow-up development from Pitt's uh, 77 to 51 loss at Louisville on Tuesday night. We didn't talk about this yesterday either. We're so. Steeler uh, focused here, but uh, did you hear that during that pit loss at Louisville, Louisville, head coach Kevin Stallings, the Panthers were getting heckled, so he turned around and yelled back at a fan, at least we don't pay our guys $100,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rick Patino, mm. former coach at Louisville. Man of great character. Great character and very little slime. Not a walking, talking example of what's wrong with college basketball. That Rick Patino. Right. Um, according to the Louisville Courier-Journal, uh, he has responded. Uh, according to the Courier-Journal, a uh, local media personality in Louisville, a guy named John Ramsey, received a text from Rick Patino that said, you can quote me, Stallings is a jackass. All right, Good well, comeback, Ricky. Yeah. I mean, the guy is what's wrong with all college sports as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He doesn't move across the room so much as he oozes across the room. He's a despicable human. <laughs> he's actually a pretty good guy. He's he's engaging and he's oh, charismatic. Yeah, well, you know. But, so is Donald Trump. Yeah, there's some <laughs> stuff that comes along with it. <laughs> there's, that's, that's how those guys get to where they are a lot of yeah. times. People like being around him. I mean, that's not to say he wasn't a really good basketball coach, too. He's pretty good. So here's where we are. Well, we stink, but at least we don't pay our players. You're a jackass. Welcome to sports. Aim high, America. Yeah, well, you got to keep calling it out. You know what I mean? You can't just let it be like, ah, this is what it is. Stallings, I mean, does he think his team's not going to get heckled? No, I think he's coming unglued a little bit. I think that's a separate issue. I mean, just don't go there to begin with. You can't can't heckle fans. I mean, he's right, but you can't say that stuff. Patino responds back with jackass. Really? How long did it take you to come up with that, Ricky? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the intellectual counter is... Uh... We're doomed. Val's got news coming up. Well, they're celebrating the Browns' perfect season with that parade. I'll give you details on the parade tomorrow. Just oh, every right. time actually, I think like about... Like it's an actually yeah, it's a, an it's, organized it's a parade. thing. It's a real thing. How can they let that be happening? The Browns organization. Do you imagine that? What are going to do to stop it? It's going around the stadium. Well, those are public streets. Yeah, they have streets. City permits, I would think. The city would have to. So you don't think the Roonies could get shut down if it happened here? They could send their defensive line out there, but that wouldn't stop it either. (laughs) (laughs) That's the last day of the tour. And who's singing for them? Jeff Gutt, I think is his name. Oh, man. You're going to take your vitamins if you're that guy, right? I mean... Definitely they take your probiotics. Two, uh, yeah, they lost Chester Bennington and Scott Weiland. This is sad, man. And that band just 
the the Leo brothers. They write great songs, great rock songs. They got a great sound. Yeah, Jeff Gutt is his name. Okay. Um, next hour, Sean Collier will be in. We'll be talking uh, the best and worst of 2017 as we head towards the award season. Also, if you missed it yesterday, how to talk to your kids about James Harrison joining the mm-hmm. Patriots. It's a very frustrating situation. The Steelers directly, but indirectly. We're going to find out who they play. We're going to go over the games with noted NFL writer and one of our favorite NFL guests from the Houston Chronicle, John McClain. That guy, his he's ju- a legend. Just his voice when he starts <laughs> talking. And he's been around since the Chuck Knoll, Bump Phillips days. Uh, he is a, a Hall of Famer, and uh, I love that he made time for us today because I, I just love talking to that guy. Also, comedian Jay Larson's got a new special, Me Being Me, out right now, jlarsoncomedy.com. Uh, he's uh, going to be on that Unsportsmanlike Comedy Show with Gronkowski tonight on Showtime. <laughs> That's crazy. So we'll talk with uh, Jay Larson about working with... He's a New England guy, right? Gronk, yeah. Who is he? Was he buddies with Byrne? I can't remember who he said. Yeah, okay. Here we go. Oh, Kreischer. That was it, yeah. But Byrne and Kreischer. Okay. Because he hit us up. He's like, hey, fellas. I forgot he was a Patriots fan. Yeah. Let's not bring that up. <laughs> Val's got news next. What are you uh, talking about, Val? Well, if you want to support the Browns uh, and their perfect season, if you want to... <laughs> celebrate with them i'll give you details on their big parade tomorrow it's happening and currently the wind chill is minus 18 and the actual temperature is donut zero goose egg zilch goose the the iguanas are falling out of the trees in florida yeah that makes sense that is i mean biblical style death like that Seems very appropriate to kick off 2018, does it not? Yeah. Either that or they're just like a, a group of very uncoordinated iguanas. <laughs> yeah, we find that they weren't frozen. It's like, uh, guys, <clears throat> we've been blowing out our knees. I mean, a Geico commercial got everybody thinking that we talk. We got to run away from them all the time. Fire crews in Suffolk, England, were called to help a man remove a penis ring when it got stuck during a sex game gone wrong. They finally were able to remove it with cutting equipment. The London Fire Brigade says they have received a growing number of calls in which people need help removing penis rings. They say the numbers of people needing rescued has risen every year for the past two years. Folks, when you put your penis rings on... Make sure you don't go out and have a nice big salty dinner afterwards, you know? Yeah. You, you don't want to You don't want to feel the bloat. No, you you really are going to need to be able to shrink. <laughs> I, I think the most important day of penis ring ownership is the <laughs> the sizing. The, the sizing day. You know what they say you know? about penis ring ownership? Best two days of a penis ring owner's <laughs> life. Day buys it and the day the jaws of life cut it off his penis. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's two minutes after 7 at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Cold, frigid, bitter, just pick your adjective. A couple of flurries today. High temperature of 8 degrees. Wind chill most of the day. 10 to 20 degrees below zero. Down to minus one tonight. 10 on Saturday, but again, wind chills below zero throughout the day. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. 
It's zero degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Attorney General Jeff Sessions is defending new moves against marijuana. The Justice Department will rescind a policy that eased enforcement of federal marijuana laws. The Obama-era policy focused on states where marijuana has been legalized or decriminalized. In a statement, Sessions said it's time to return to the rule of law. (laughs) Give me a break. Marijuana use is illegal under federal law. The Justice Department's move could provoke huge legal battles between states and the federal government. You know, that treasonous perjurer who's coming for cancer patients' medicine is doing a good job of diverting from the real issue at hand. But, uh, you know, what does it say when he's trying to enrich his private prison-owning buddies by taking away cancer patients' medicine? And everything else and under the Republican platform of this administration is states' rights, states' rights. Except for this, please. It's all about throwing more people in jail so the private prison owners can get richer. I mean, it's the least divisive American issue there is. Like 70% of people want it legalized. And medicinal marijuana is even higher. Who cares what the people want, I guess. A new report also says President Trump tried to stop Jeff Sessions from recusing himself from that Russia probe. That's obstruction of justice. The New York Times says Trump ordered White House counsel Don McGahn to convince Sessions not to remove himself from the investigation. McGahn was not successful in his efforts, and Sessions did recuse himself because of his own contacts with Russian officials. I think Hillary should uh, turn herself in and just go to prison until they figure everything out. Then everyone can shut Mm -hmm. up and then we can agree that breaking the law is bad no matter what. And if she broke the law, she should go to jail. And then we could throw all the other rule breakers in jail too. Well, you mentioned (laughs) Hillary Clinton. The Justice Department is launching another investigation into the Clinton Foundation's activities while Hillary was Secretary of State. Law enforcement officials tell the Hill that the FBI is leading the investigation. They already closed an investigation about this. So they're opening another one. Yes. Hmm. Whenever Uh, one, you know that saying: once uh, if a door in your life closes, another investigation opens. Right. Yeah. I think I screwed that up. What's the Chinese uh, word for opportunity? Uh, A a crisis is also opportunity. I think that's what that is. Since Mm -hmm. China's ruling the world now. Law enforcement officials tell The Hill the FBI is leading the investigation into whether the Clinton Foundation promised or fulfilled any political favors in return for donations. The probe may also be looking into possible tax law violations. The FBI has declined to comment. Pay for play? Hmm. Sounds familiar. The raw water trend we talked about Uh, yesterday. People drinking raw, unfiltered water. Yeah, the CDC is stepping in, telling people, don't do that. If you missed the discussion on yesterday's show, the New York Times recently reported on how the demand for unfiltered water in California's Silicon Valley has sent prices soaring. Companies bottling the so-called raw water are now charging over $60 for a two and a half gallon jug. Raw water comes straight out of the ground, right from the natural sources, has not gone through any government cleaning or filtering processes. It's become popular with consumers wanting off-the-grid water that doesn't contain fluoride or other additives. The CDC, however, is warning raw water from springs and mountain streams can hold bacteria linked to hepatitis, norovirus, and E. coli. I hope Puerto Rico doesn't have power so that they can see this story. They're like, really? (laughs) Yeah. Come on down here and have a blast. My grandfather used to load his trunk up with gallon jugs 
and drive out to a stream to a a spring and fill the all the jugs with water. And my dad's like, "What what are you doing? There's probably a dead deer laying in the stream, you know, yeah. floating down and you're drinking it." Yeah. How like long he, did your I grandfather live? 90. There you go. <laughs> Drink the poo water. Drink it right up. I I feel like in the Venn diagram of raw water drinkers and Bitcoin enthusiasts, the overlap is huge. Oh, yeah. In other health-related news, uh, don't eat the romaine lettuce. Uh, reports suggesting people stay away from it until U.S. and Canada, uh, Canadian officials get to the bottom of an outbreak of E. coli infections. Consumer Reports is calling on the FDA and CDC to do more to warn people about the outbreak. So far in the U.S. and Canada, one person has died and 58 people sickened. Although it's not officially confirmed the cause of the outbreak in the U.S. is from romaine lettuce, officials say it is likely because foodborne bacteria like E. coli or salmonella uh, can be killed through cooking and let us, you know, cook it. Uh, the Public Health Agency of Canada has confirmed romaine lettuce is the cause of the outbreak there. Well, so you got to wash it with the raw water. Make sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you opened a, a, a bag of romaine lettuce and uh, already had a salad out of it. I've eaten it twice this week. Me too. So, all right, so I'm not going to die if I finish it. I guess not. I mean, I don't know how fast that stuff kicks in. But also, you hear also, something like that. And probably like, quick. I knew I should have never messed with salads. Follow-up <laughs> follow question. Bloody stool is okay, right? <laughs> yeah, right. totally fine. A disgruntled passenger is facing a fine after climbing onto the wing of a plane after two flight delays. The Polish man climbed through an emergency exit and sat on the plane's wing after the plane landed at an airport in Spain. Flight was delayed in London for an hour, then spent another 30 minutes sitting on the tarm- tarmac at uh, the other airport when the man, apparently, he just had enough. When police arrived, he told them he was stressed out and needed to get some air. Fellow passenger said the man told them that he was suffering from asthma. This season, the Browns achieved what only one other team in LF- NFL history was able to pull off. They finished a perfect season by losing all 16 of their games and to... I guess celebrate uh, or commemorate it. Fans in Cleveland are throwing a parade. This is a full-blown, actual organized parade. The parade will the feature, inverted Super Bowl parade. So great. The parade will feature trucks and a float of custom tombstones of all the quarterbacks who have played for the Browns since they started up again in Cleveland. Also, and most importantly, many onlookers will reportedly be wearing paper bags over their heads to both hide and celebrate their shame. According to BrownsParade.com, the parade will begin at noon at First Energy Stadium. They are, at least in all this silliness, asking for donations to the Greater Cleveland Community Food Bank. This is incredibly sad (laughs) and also i can't wait to see it this is like the day of the dead parade or something how did that guy keep his job how do you keep your coach when he's one in 31 it's a spectacular failure how do they sell tickets well and it's been said many times but the idea that like well you know the good teams have stability so you (laughs) got to stick with like you know, you dance with the one that brung you if you're at the dance. They never get to the dance. They're never at the dance. And finally, the Guns N' Roses recently wrapped Not In This Lifetime Tour is officially the fourth biggest tour ever. 
It passed the $475 million mark in gross sales with the end of the band's 2017 touring schedule back in November. The tour is set to resume in Europe on June 3rd and has played nearly 4.5 million fans worldwide at 123 shows on five continents. Only U2, The Rolling Stones, and Coldplay have earned higher grossing tours. Would you go see them again if they came? GNR? Mm-hmm. I would. Uh, would you? I thought they were great. I don't know if I would. How was Ale- Axel's voice, Alex? It was good. It was a good show. Yeah. I just don't know. If, if his I voice would. is okay, I would go. I'd it, love to see them in an arena. Yeah. Like with all sound. the original members. Well, that's my real issue, is that what they, the, the genesis of that band was so incredible, and they really could have been, I mean, look, Hard to argue with the success that they've had, mm-hmm. but they could have been more of a Rolling Stone stature, although, you know, that figure you just gave me is kind of staggering. You know, I guess you could argue they are, but like they could have eclipsed everybody if they somehow could have held on to that original lineup. And maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't know. The first album, Appetite for Destruction, is so oh, good. That album is awesome. To come out with your debut and just right smack the, the world in the face with that one. Like, can you think of the last album that has done that? And part of it might be that rock music, it doesn't breach the pop music specter anymore. It's not like there's a lot of rock albums that become number one and, and stick around for mm-hmm. a long time. I don't know. I honestly can't think of it. Yeah, the, the last blockbuster like that was like nine songs deep that, you know, Nirvana changed music oh yeah gnr had a pretty big ripple effect too though they were pretty huge there's no doubt about it i mean i would like to hear somebody who knows a whole lot more about it than me you you know discuss the impact that they had because the trickle down effect of what they did there were a lot of bands playing gnr type stuff that's another band i really wish i i've never seen them until last year so do you feel like you saw them no no yeah that's why i'm like eh, i don't know if i would go see right. them again right yeah if i could have seen conversely if you 80s, went and saw kiss right now you'd feel like you saw kiss uh i don't know i mean i've seen them a lot so I don't know if I've ever seen them with all the original members, though. For as big as Foo Fighters got, they never put out an album like Appetite. I don't think so. No. Pearl Jam, that's different. I feel like it's a lot different, right? I don't know. That first, came that a- first album was pretty 10 big. 10 was yeah. huge, but it came after GNR, right? Oh, yeah. Like by five years, six At years? At least, yeah. Metallica? Well, that wasn't a debut. The Black Album was way down the line for them but i guess gnr was probably still lumped in with the hair bands bands yeah that nirvana eclipsed yeah but they're but they never uh, eclipsed gnr yeah they got rid of all the foo-foos you know all the right the the enough's enough yeah right uh, yeah all those dumb dumb bands you should compile a list of dumbest Band names that, and usually the spelling is how you know when it's really bad. Enough's enough is yeah. the worst. That spelling of enough's enough. You're like, all right, I, I don't think you guys are going to be Zeppelin. 
forecast today, flurries and bitter cold temperatures in the single digits with wind chills of 10 to 20 below today. Real temperatures below zero overnight and tomorrow's forecast just like today. It's zero degrees at DVE. Hi, this is Antonio Brown of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're listening to Randy Bauman, the DVE Morning Show. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Each week when Coach Tomlin gives his weekly press conference, we like to run his answers through the Tomlin Translator, an iPhone app made available through a bunch of geeks at CMU that allows you (laughs) to parse through the words and get to the actual meaning behind what the coach says each and every week. So, all right, first up, Tim Benz asked a question about the depth of the AFC. Hold on a second. Here we go. Can you characterize the depth of the AFC playoff tree this year and, and the talent is there? You know, you know, it's the playoffs. You know, they're all quality teams. Um, I'd probably say that in any year. All right, through the translator. I'd probably say that in any year, but not this year because the Bills are hot garbage, complete, and otter, dog. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> probably everyone agrees with that. Um Next, uh, a question about uh, the Cardinals looking uh, to potentially hire uh, uh, the offensive line coach of the Steelers, Mike Munchak. Have the Steelers granted permission for Mike Munchak to interview with the Cardinals and maybe with anybody else, Mike? We have, and and we will. All right, through the translator. We've granted Arizona permission to talk with Munchak, but we asked if they were sure they weren't interested in Mr. and Mrs. Todd Haley instead. Uh, Well, you know, it's a package deal, I guess. Uh, Up next, Tim Benz once again steps up to ask a question about coming uh, from the two-seat again uh, and just about their comfortability with that. After the game, Cam Hayward said he was very comfortable being in the two-seat. In fact, even preferred it. Uh, You guys have had a lot of successes, not even before you came here, coming out of the two-hole. What do you think about being there as you guys move forward here? I'm just glad we got a seat at the table, you know, and I'm sure Cam is too. Translator. Is your head up your two-hole? Of course I'd rather be the one seed. What a stupid question. You bend over at Tequila Cowboy with the Haley's or right, something? Yeah. <laughs> now a, a question. I'm not sure who asked this one about uh, the, the first round bye. And some of your players said that they, they've had playoff experience but never had that first round bye. They're not sure how this week's going to work. Do you have to be cognizant of that? No. No. Oh. Well, through the translator. That was worse than the last question. For the love of Pete Axelm, we gotta stop letting bloggers in here. Uh, the next one. Uh, nice Pete Axelm. Yeah, well, for the love of Pete, yeah, I guess you know the it's, translator it's, the has translator. a grasp of history. Yes, and we're, you know. uh, those geeks are doing a hell of a job. I told you they're thorough. Next up was a question about, I guess Ben said that he wanted to, to face Jacksonville again. Ben said today that he wants another crack at Jacksonville. Does that matter to you because you lost to them? or just? We got no control over who we play going into the next round. Uh, we better be ready for whoever it is. All right, through the translator. I really wish there was some way we could play Buffalo because they are complete dogs. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, lastly, the, somebody at the end of the press conference uh, asked a question about Joe Hayden. My not big pickup was Joe Hayden. What did that allow you to do defensively? Pickup? You're talking about his... How big of a pickup was Joe Hayden? <laughs> what, did that allow you, what did that allow you to do defensively that maybe you couldn't do? 
Joe's really good, man. The translator uh, picked up that laugh from the coach and uh, translated that. You've seen Cody Sensabaugh, right? <laughs> That's how big of a pickup <laughs> Joe Hayden was. Yeah, there you go, the Tomlin translator. Dude, sound like Aerosmith, man. They sound a lot like my favorite band. I loved Aerosmith. I'd like draw the Aerosmith wings on my notebook and stuff. That was wow. my band. Loved them. So that kind of sounded to me like the next Aerosmith. And then, you know, they went on and did this song, I believe. Didn't Guns N' Roses do Mama Kid? I think they they did a version of this. Um, anyways, GNR. $475 million. That'll make you be friends with one another again, right? Yeah. Think of the person you hate the most in the world. Would uh, a majority share of $475 million mend a couple fences for you? Sure. I think. Buy a whole new fence. Always seems to. Suck it out, bitch. Forget, forget mending it. <laughs> Mike's got sports when we return. Tough night for the Pens. Workforce cash pot opportunities, too. Your chance to win 1000 bucks coming up at the top of the hour here on DV. DVE Sports. Mike, pursued it with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Rough night for the Pens last night. It's looking like uh, the hangover is lasting uh, into the sequel and uh, the third act. Yeah, and I think it's got to be more hangover than anything else. Uh, a lot of discussion of late and seemingly a lot of discussion whenever they lose about how tired they are because of all the hockey they've played the last couple of years. And I think attrition and wear and tear is a factor, but... Shouldn't they be tired at the end of the next season, not the beginning? How far did they make it the year before they won the Cup two years ago? First round. All right, that was first round elimination. Yeah. I, you know, I, I just, I'm not buying that yet. I, I don't think you're tired at the start of the year. If you, if you struggle down the stretch, if you get to that first round and you have nothing but fumes and you lose in five games, maybe I think that's when you look at something like uh, being tired. But right now, I think it's uh, disinterest more than anything else or lack of focus or whatever. Uh, it's clearly something intangible. It's either the want-to ain't there or the... Uh, Give a bleep. The, 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 the mental uh, focus and sharpness that you need isn't there. Uh, you they, think they have the roster, Mike, top to bottom? I mean, obviously, they have the high-end talent. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, okay. Maybe not good. As, maybe it's not as good as last year, but I, I certainly think they have a better roster than their record than what their record has shown this year. I think they. I think they're better than Carolina four Pittsburgh nothing at home um, in January. Some of the blowouts yeah. they, they suffered early in the season. Um, this much we know for sure. They haven't won consecutive games since they reeled off a four game winning streak from November the twenty fifth through December the second. And uh, they're four and eight since that four-game winning streak. They had a chance to win a second game in a row last night and failed to do it. Mike Sullivan is groping for answers as to how to get that done and hasn't come up with any lately. Um, I don't think it's any one thing, no. I think it's I think it's a combination of things. It seems like it's it's something. It could be something different every night, you know. It's. Uh, but it starts with uh, it starts with a compete level and a mindset and a, you know and uh, and a willingness to, to you know to win puck battles and things of that nature and you know we played a team tonight that we knew was 
that's a quick team that's got a puck pursuit game. We had to we had to be able to handle their pressure, get out of our end zone. We had to hang on the pucks in the offensive zone, and I, I just don't think we did it successfully enough. You know, I thought you know the start was okay. The, the first period was fairly even. Um, you know, I thought the second period we made some mistakes, and uh, it probably gave their team a little bit of a lift. And but but we've got to find a way to push back there at that critical uh, those critical areas or critical times during the game when when a team gets a lift if they score a goal we've got to, we've got to find some pushback in our game so we get momentum back. And that pushback that's what we emphasize after the Philly game when the Flyers tied it at one the Penguins hit them with three in rapid fire succession. Here's an alarming statistic if you want to compare last year to this year. When the opponent scored the first goal last year, the Penguins were 20-11 and 4 on the season. When the opponent scores the first goal this year, they're 4-15 and 1. Hmm. So in other words, when the first goal has been scored against them this year, they pretty much don't win. And oftentimes that's fairly early in a game. Don't have the pushback. Is that because you're just not that motivated to push back or you're too exhausted because you've won the last two Stanley Cups? I don't think the exhaustion is physical. I think the exhaustion is Ride. mental. Yeah. It's like Might be a little something it's got to gotta drive you insane. I mean, who's the last team to win three cups in a row? No. Oh. So why it's been? A Did while. Edmonton do it? Islanders. With Gretzky, I knew all that stuff at the start of the yeah. season. I can't remember. It, it's been. It's only happened five times, I think. By, tough by four teams. Um, they're at the Islanders tonight. They got to find some answers, and uh, they're hosting Boston. Islanders had four straight between eighty and eighty-three on Sunday. <sighs> Maple Leafs, uh, Canadians four did it straight. The Leafs did it between sixty-two and sixty-four. The Canadians had five in a row. Was that back when there was only two teams in the league? Yeah, yeah. that's the thing that Burr always rages about. <laughs> and they, you and they phony got, banners! They got team every, league. They got every French Canadian player by uh, proclamation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> right. It was the equi- the setup. Seriously, was the equi- before the draft, like a national in the early seventies. The setup was qu- equivalent to. Dan Marino would have gone right to the Steelers. Right. He was for Pitt. Exactly. Anybody from Western Pennsylvania <laughs> yeah. would have played for the Steelers. Yeah. That could have helped us. Why wasn't that our thing? Ditka, Namath. (laughs) We would have had way more than six Super Bowls. Steelers announced Joe Namath is retiring, but they're replacing him with Joe Montana. (laughs) Good news. Great. Couple of Hall of Famers on the bench. Speaking of the Steelers, they are... uh, They got a contract... We would have had a controversy between uh, Jim Kelly and and Dan Marino. Yeah. That would have been nice. Kelly would have actually been a linebacker, finally, the way Joe wanted him to be. I forgot about that. If you had to, if you had to start a franchise with Jim Kelly or Dan Marino, who would it be? Marino. Yeah, I yeah, think I love Jim Kelly. I think, and I love Jim Kelly too. I think Marino is in the argument for the greatest quarterback ever. And I know he never won the championship, but it's a team thing and accuracy. Just watching him play, I was constantly amazed. The release and the accuracy and the production and the relentlessness, and I, I think Dan Marino's just. I, I don't have the words. Everybody loves Dan Marino. He had to have so yeah. much fun in high school, didn't he? He just had to. And then in college. I, uh, I don't know. He went to Central Catholic. I don't know how much fun you have there. Probably, I, probably a lot I of fun. Heard, I heard he had some. Yeah. I flew back from Florida a few years ago, and I sat next to his mom. 
and she was the greatest. She was so nice. But she brought him up like pretty quickly, <laughs> you know. She's basically like, do you, uh, "Why would you?" She's I mean, like, "Do you like football?" I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "I'm Dan Marino's mom." I'm like, "Shut the hell up!" And then we had a great Vice Toners. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dan Marino's mother. <laughs> then we had like a two-hour conversation. She was so nice, um, and, but you know, I, he's just impossible to not root for. Did Matt's you ever li- see Ace Ventura? Hi, I'm Dan Marino's mom, <laughs> Larry Richards' uh, mother-in-law, I believe. You know, but, uh, but yeah, who doesn't love? Danny Marino. I mean, he's the best. But Jim Kelly, man. Jim Kelly also, Jim ph- also Kelly. phenomenal. Also phenomenal. Like, they're a little... It's a, it's a crime that they didn't win one of those Super Bowls, man. Jim Kelly was just tough. He had a toughness yes. that Marino didn't have to have, I guess. I don't know. I I, I mean... No, I, that's I, not- I, see, I think you're saying Kelly played like a Western Pennsylvania quarterback, the, the image... Reno was more the pretty boy. Reno's Las Cali- Vegas, man. California, yeah, like gunslinging, you know, just, mm-hmm. just a yeah, with the perm and everything, and right. But he was they they were both phenomenal. I just Marino to me is right up there with anybody else, and I I don't judge it just on championships, particularly in football, because you need other stuff. Mike, you would have loved the conversation that I saw Bill Burr have with Dan Marino. He met him at the Mario Lemieux golf outing up at Nemecolon. And he was like, dude, dude, if you played in today's NFL, you'd have like 6,000 yards yeah. every season, dude. And, and Marino's right. like, I know, right? <laughs> I would have killed it. He's right. Yeah, 100%. Steelers are getting ready for an opponent that uh, they don't know the identity of just yet, but they may or may not have some suspicions. Uh, let's listen first to Todd Haley talking about <laughs> their concern regarding who they play on January the 14th. We don't decide who we got to play. I mean, that's been decided by, uh, you know, uh, 16 games of a regular season and what's going to happen this weekend. And uh, and I think the key for us is, uh, you know, everybody may have their own personal preference, but uh, it's not something we talk about. You know, we're, we're talking about getting ready to uh, spend in this week, like I said, to really work on fundamentals, for us, you know, and that may be formationally, uh, routes we're running, execution of routes, uh, concepts. Um, you know, we're just using this week to get in our best possible position to be ready to go next week. Uh, so he doesn't care. He's not thinking about it, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Keith Butler started talking about Sean Spence yeah. and the run defense, but he got around to maybe tipping his hand as to his expectations. He's gotten better and better. Um, you know, over the weeks and stuff. I mean, last time we played these guys, we gave up a bunch of uh, run yard or, or not played these guys. I shouldn't say that. We ain't got nobody to play yet. But some people have run the ball against us. Okay? And we got to make <laughs> sure they can't run the ball and get them, get them in situations where they have to throw the ball. Yeah. Could he have meant the Jacksonville he Jaguars might, he might when he said yeah. these guys, yeah. the, the Jaguars, those guys ran for 231 on October the 8th. Now, here's something to ponder over the weekend. The Steelers' averages this season are 105.8 yards against on the ground per game and 4.40 yards per carry. You know, they had a couple 200-yard games. They had some very good games. Since Ryan Shazier went out, that's from the fourth defensive snap in Cincinnati through the last five games, they're averaging 126.4 yards against on the ground and 5.22 yards per carry. They gave up six rushing touchdowns in the first 11 games. They gave up six rushing touchdowns in the last five. 
They have been run on since Shazier went out. Hmm. Does that get fixed? Or is How way, do you replace that? Or is the way to fix that score 35? Because you're probably going to give up in the 20s because they're probably going to run the ball on you. Yeah, the way to fix that is time of possession, I think. Just keep the defense off the field. Yeah, I don't get, think I don't get think, up early. I don't think you scheme not having Ryan Shazier. I don't think you know they just they don't have the horses behind them. Who's it going to be? Matikavich is he is he healthy enough? Nah, it'll be Spence with Williams in the oh. base and uh, Williams and uh, Spence in the nickel, and then they both come out in a dime. And L.J. Ford is your. Six defensive backs, dime linebacker. I wish there was a way we could have put TJ at middle and then just kept Harrison and put him on the edge. No, well, there was. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been. Yeah. I mean, I. I TJ I, has wheels, man. I know. That kid Let's, can move. And he's a good tackler. I mean, he, I, I get that the assignments are different, but. Yeah, I don't think that would have worked because Harrison couldn't have been an every down player here. Because of the coverage stuff. Sure. I, I agree with him that he is absolutely a liability in, in pass coverage at this point of his career. But I think New England's going to find a way to just put him in a position where he rushes off the right edge, and that's all he does. And how many times a game does he do that? How effective? We shall see. I don't know. Of course, according to ESPN, Patriots are coming unglued anyway, so you won't have to worry about them. Yeah, we'll tell you about the blockbuster ESPN story. They'll that- probably lose their first-round game. You won't even have to worry about them. The claims that Brady, Belichick, and Robert Kraft are in a three-way power struggle. None of this seems consequential to me. However, this report makes it seem like it is. Did Tom Brady demand Garoppolo get traded because he thought Belichick was pushing him out the door and wanted Garoppolo? That's one of the... Belichick has done that before. He ran Bernie Kosar out of Cleveland. Much to Cleveland's chagrin. Yeah, all right. We'll tell you what that report says. Plus, with award season upon us in the Golden Globes this Sunday night, Sean Collier, movie critic, Pittsburgh Magazine, with the best and worst of 2017 and what you can expect this coming award season. And we're talking wild card weekend with one of the all-time great NFL writers, John (laughs) McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You you always like those sequined shirts. Flat out, one of my favorites. And that'll be uh, 845 here on DVE. The DBE Morning Show. It's minus 18 wind chill right now, but you never know it. Oh, wait, yeah, you would. The second you walk out yeah, the door. as soon as you walk outside. It's, anything uh, that's exposed is going to get real cold real quick. I left my car yesterday and started running without trying to. My bo- It's like when you jump in the cold pool. My body just started freaking out. Oh, I get yeah. it away. <laughs> the uh, Post-Gazette has us at minus two degrees right now. Channel 11 has us at zero. Uh, I'm gonna Do they have and... somebody outside in it? Because if they don't, I won't believe it. I won't believe it's cold until I see a meteorologist heat up a, a cup of water and then throw it into the air. <laughs> then I'll know it's really cold. It's so cold. 
I'm an 85-year-old man in this kind of weather. I saw Scott Harbaugh earlier. He was confused. He, he cracked an egg, and uh, he put it on the pavement. And he's like, now you'll no. see. And everyone's like, that, no, dude, it's no. That's, no, that's the drug commercial. You that's, you're supposed to do that in the summer. It up. And he's like, or, frozen eggs. <laughs> like, no, that's somebody else. Uh, all right. Uh, Sean Collier, Pittsburgh Magazine. Best and worst of 2017. The award season is upon us. Glo- Golden Globes already. Yes. I'm done with them. As soon as they nominated the Hugh Jackman singing circus movie for several awards. I mean, what? Yeah. What movie is that? The the P.T. Barnum? The Greatest Showman. The never year. never even, didn't even know it existed. Came out oh, over yeah. Christmas. It, it was And it was delayed so long that Zac it came Efron. out after the actual Barnum Circus closed. That's how long it took him to get that one made. <laughs> uh, but yes, as the new year dawns, it's important to note. I, I think most people don't know this. 2017 was not only an unending, unyielding hellscape of existential terror and ecological disaster featuring the complete and final death of common decency amidst a tweet storm of faded civility, there were also some movies. Some movies came out. I hadn't realized. Yeah, it was hard to keep track of. So, my top ten films of 2017. At number ten, Dunkirk, absolutely the best two hours of old school history channel you'll ever see. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'll go quickly through the back half. At number nine, Lady Macbeth. No one saw that but me. Let's move on. Number eight, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, a bizarre psychological thriller about paralysis and betrayal. No, really, I promise there will be movies you've heard of on this list real soon. But not yet. At number seven, Okja. Uh, this is on Netflix right now. Uh, it's about a little girl and her pet, a genetically enhanced super pig on a global quest for freedom. That sentence either sells it perfectly or not at all. So once again, let's move on. Now we get to the movies that people saw. Uh, at number six, Get Out. Oh, I love that film. Has everyone seen this around the table? No. I have, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great. It, it, it's excellent. And I, I did not know that I needed Jordan Peele to mm-hmm. make the most impactful and socially relevant horror movie maybe of the decade. But here we are. This is a good argument that people need to switch genres more often, apparently. Like maybe if Quentin Tarantino made like a 90-minute heartwarming family drama where no one <laughs> says the N-word, that would be really good. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I uh, think you could actually do it, and I oh, think yeah. it would be good. I, I'm sure it would be lovely. About as good as uh, uh, Jordan Peele's. Uh, uh, I mean, it's nominated on Sunday as a comedy, um, allegedly because... It's, Jordan Peele's involved. It's a satire. It's, it's there are some funny parts in it, but it's not. That it's is not a comedy. That is the litmus test. Are there funny parts? Is it more humorous than Schindler's List? I guess it's a comedy. Now, see, this is why you're you uh, collective, not you, Sean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you guys are hypocrites in this regard because yeah. you claim any movie that's around Christmas is a Christmas movie, but then argue that if there are funny parts in a movie, that doesn't make it a comedy. It's the same argument why Die Hard isn't a Christmas movie, and I'm not going into it because that's the stupidest <laughs> argument ever. But the movie needs yeah. to be about Christmas for it to be a Christmas movie. That's the the litmus test there. Yeah, I was I was watching some movie just happened to be on. I was doing something. It's with Norm MacDonald and Dave Chappelle, and he kidnaps his his employer's dog. What is the name of that movie? Down and Out or Down something? I've never even not, heard of this. Not, that's not the uh, one with Artie no. on Jobs or whatever. Sarah Silverman is in it. I uh, never, yeah. Uh, Elaine Stritch plays wow. his rich employer. Quite a cast. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a but great movie. I'm like, okay, well, this happens 
in Christmas time, this is making a Christmas movie? No. Right. Just like Better Off Dead isn't a Christmas movie. It's uh, not about no, Christmas. <laughs> Anyways, but, I agree with you. Yeah. That Get Out is not even close to being a comedy. I think that's why I didn't watch it yet, because I didn't, like, some places did mention it as a comedy. I'm like, is it a comedy? Is it a horror? No. I think, I think, you'd, horror. I think you'd really like it. Uh, I plan to good. watch it, because it's one of our SAG Award movies. There are plenty of satirical horror movies, you know, on, on one level or another. This is just, and it's actually the studio's fault. The studio knows that. The comedy category is an easy, easier road to a win, and that's why they. It is whoever put that out who said, "Yep, it's a comedy." Uh, so blame them, but it's not a comedy; it's a horror movie, and it's a really excellent movie. It's also the rare horror movie that everyone can. It, this shouldn't put anybody off, and everybody should see it. Um, I always like. I always have a horror movie on my top ten. This is the time that it's not a thing that I saw and loved, and nobody else. Absolutely, one of the best movies of the year. Uh, at number five, uh, I have Lady Bird. Uh, in contrast to Get Out, if you're a suburban white person born in the mid-80s, this is the most relatable movie of the year. Uh, it's also absolutely the best directed by Greta Gerwig, who's kind of, you know, was cast in that hipster niche for a while. This is where it's really, no, she's an excellent filmmaker. I hope she goes on to be way more successful than Noah Baumbach. I think she will. Noah lost it. He made something this year that I can't even remember. The Meyer, Meyer. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, he makes the same movie over and over. Total That mess. and uh, the one he made before that, because uh, like Ben Stiller seems to be his mm -hmm. news, new go-to guy. They're all these terrible, self-loathing, middle-aged man movies. Middle-aged man tries to understand young people in, yeah, in Brooklyn again. Yeah, he made yeah. three of those in a row, and they were all terrible. <laughs> Greenberg. Um, was it While We're Young? Is that the other while one? We're, Greenberg, While We're yep. Young, and the Meyerowitz stories or whatever that one was called. It's another uh, Netflix original. That's going to be, we'll talk about that another day, but that's going to be a bigger and bigger thing this year is uh, movies going straight to Netflix. Uh, but Lady Bird, also one of the best performances of the year from Saoirse Ronan. Uh, the, unlike most of the things on my list, this is the one where I do not know a single person who I said, go see it, and they did not love it. That's still in theaters now. Number four, The Florida Project. You asked me about this one last uh, week. That was, that's my favorite so far that I've seen. Man, i got to see this. Everybody is raving about that movie. It's it's that rare slice of life movie where we haven't seen the slice of life a dozen times before. People living on the fr on the orbit of the theme parks around Orlando just scraping by like completely detached from these you know pleasure centers all around them uh, really really effective and great performances by total unknown uh, performers uh, number th my number 3 is three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri you'll never laugh so hard at a movie about the most unconscionable haunting crimes imaginable that's what martin mcdonough does it takes the worst stuff and makes it real and funny uh great performances especially francis mcdormand has the most compelling story i think of any movie this year number two the shape of water anybody here yet the shape guillermo del nope. toro's movie? heard it was great it's look yes this is a movie about a woman who's deeply in love with a fish man i understand <laughs> that if i could accept that and move on so can you, and so should you. There's way more sexual content in it than you would imagine. That, that is true. But a it shocking is. amount. Are there blowholes? <laughs> well, we didn't get to that, but one assumes. Uh, and somehow it's the best pure romance in years. If you Not Nicholas Sparks, Sally Hawkins, and a big fish. That is where I go for romance. It's a really fun adventure. Wow, you went and saw that with Sally, didn't you? I did. She raved about it. Yeah. I thought it was oh, good. Oh, 
Oh, oh, oh, now, oh. When you say fish man, we're not talking like merman. Kind of, yeah. Closest to it's the like creature, creature from of the, the Black yeah. yeah, creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Okay. Hey, it's just a step away from a sailor and a mermaid. Sally, a what more. was your favorite movie of the year? I can't wait for Wonder Woman. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It was in it my top came 15. Uh, and number one. Mom, 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 mom. Uh, I haven't wait, seen wait. that. Do that, do that again. It, 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 I know, it's a drum roll. Mudbound is the number one movie of the year. So, yeah. It, 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 the number one, to me, the best uh, movie of the year was a Netflix original release. Uh, and, I, and this movie is kind of fading in the award season buzz. It didn't get a lot from the Globes. Uh, for me, the best thing I saw this year, great epic family drama, excellently directed by Dee Reese, beautifully performed. This is a really great movie for a long winter night where you don't want to move. Uh, and that's this weekend. So if you haven't seen that Mudbound, if you're not familiar with it, fire up your Netflix and uh, watch. Uh, you mentioned Golden Globes this Sunday. If you enjoy my opinions, be sure to watch the only award show with the good sense to let me help pick the winners. That's the Critics' Choice Awards this uh, Thursday the 11th on the CW, hosted by Olivia Munn this year. Uh, oh, and the worst movie of the year. Worst film of the 135 new films I saw in 2017. <laughs> the worst one. Definitely Fifty Shades Darker. We were talking there about that is. earlier, how yeah. awful those movies are. If you thought things could not get worse than the original Fifty Shades of Grey, the sequel, just as stupid, pointless, and toxic as the original film, but this time... All the actors and filmmakers involved have decided that they hate the franchise and are completely phoning it in. It is a mix of apathy and garbage, unparalleled. <laughs> Speaking of cinemas. which, the morning show continues. Yes. Fal has news coming up next, and your chance at a thousand bucks. Don't eat the romaine lettuce, uh, report suggesting people stay away from it until U.S. and Canada, uh, Canadian officials get to the bottom of an outbreak of E. coli infections. Although it's not officially confirmed the cause of the outbreak in the U.S. is from romaine lettuce, officials say it is likely because foodborne bacteria like E. coli or salmonella uh, can be killed through cooking and lettuce you know, cook it. Let's say you opened a, a, a bag of romaine lettuce and uh, already had a salad out of it. I've eaten it twice this week. Me too. So, all right, so I'm not going to die if I finish it. I guess not. I mean, I don't know how fast that stuff kicks in. But also, you hear also, something like that. And yeah. Probably like, I knew I should have never messed with salads. Follow-up <laughs> Follow question. Bloody stool is okay, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Totally fine. Randy Bauman and the DVE big uh, ESPN expose about the Patriots has dropped, and I've uh, got about a quarter of the way through it right now. And so far, a lot of it centers around that quack that Brady hangs out with his he personal was trainer from the sideline. Right? Yeah, was he banned from the facility completely? So so well, far, he's a crazy person. What I read, one he of the, the reasons for the rift between Brady and Belichick has been this guy and that teammates of Brady have figured out the best way to endear themselves to terrific Tom is to go to his quack doctor instead of the team doctors, which Tom is encouraging, which pisses off Belichick. <laughs> and that's, again, the first thing I've read here. I, I, I'm guessing... A lot of this is just Gorgonzola is uh, or Gargonzola, however the hell Myron used to say it. 
It's Gargonzola. It's Gorgonzola, but it's Gargonzola. How Tom Brady is not a Scientologist, I'll never know. He probably is. Do we is. know that he isn't? I don't know that he is. He probably is. But everything about him seems like he is. He doesn't age. He doesn't eat mushrooms. He's probably... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he... He has all of the earmarks of a closet Scientologist. 538 yesterday said that, that his book encourages the daily consumption of an, an amount of water that can kill you. Every day, drink this much water because that's what you need. In reality, you might die from too much water. It's TB12. He's got his own fitness app. Maybe TB goofball. Wonder if he endorses drinking raw water. In which case, there's so much of it in Boston right now. Let's get Tom all the raw water he wants. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's the rawest water around. I don't know if you've been down there. All right. Well, we'll continue to uh, give you some of the nuggets of this ESPN expose, supposedly revealing a rift in the organization between Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, and Bill, Bill Belichick. The only good thing about this is it might serve as a potential distraction I here. was just going to say that. Will that be all they're asked about over the next week? Well, because ESPN, Patriots fans and ESPN already hate one another. Hate each other. That expose a few years back about Spygate all the way up to Deflategate and everything in between... Uh, they they hated that. Right. So this is not going... I just... I want to hear what Burr has to say about this. <laughs> um, I think we can imagine what he has to say about it. I mean, they, the, the, the audacity and the arrogance of New England people to paint Tom Brady as some sort of victim. When you go up there, you see all these bumper stickers, especially like the deflate gate and, yeah. and that whole debacle. When's he going to get suspended? Free Tom Brady. Guy wants five Super Bowls. Belichick found virtue in his idea of the Patriot way, the demanding football first culture with an emotionless pursuit of victory. Brady found virtue in his method, which he believed helped him thwart the inevitability of time, reinforcing his belief there was still not that he was still not on the downside of his career and deserving a new, of a new contract. And that's why the Garoppolo thing pissed off Tom Brady so much. Yeah, Tom Brady is already transitioning to his post-football life of being a fitness guru. He's already Donna Summer. Or who, who was it? Who's the woman? Jane Fonda? No, who's the woman that put out the... Uh, Suzanne Summers? <laughs> Suzanne oh. Summers. Suzanne and Donna, Donna, Donna different people. Different definitely. Summer. They talk about one player being pressured by Brady to see his quack, Guerrero, the quack, Alex Guerrero, and um, the trainers for the Patriots told him to do squats, and Guerrero said, no, don't do that. Brady told teammates, Bill's answer to everything is to lift more weights. A claim many staffers and players felt was unfair, given the team's dedication to soft tissue science and a healthy diet. So Belichick supposedly confronted Brady in early September that many younger players felt pressured to train at TB12. I mean, this has such I'm a Scientologist you. ring. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you. Rather gonna, than with the team a cult. and asked the quarterback what was going on. Brady said, he, I don't know anything about such pressure being applied. According to people who were briefed on the exchange, no resolution between the two men after that meeting. So Belichick felt the need to permanently clarify Guerrero's role, drawing sharp boundaries 
after the brief discussion with Brady, Belichick emailed Guerrero to let him know that while he was welcome to work with any players who sought out TB12, he was no longer permitted access to the sideline or all of the team headquarters because he wasn't an employee of the Patriots, a point Belichick would resoundingly make clear when reporters asked about Guerrero. Man. So it, it appears that the this all boils down to Tom Brady wanting his quack to control the team, and he wanted Belichick wanted Brady to get phased out, and he wanted Jimmy Garoppolo, who has won four straight in San Francisco. Yeah, he looks pretty good. And then Brady, and it's I have kind of Brett Farvish, and more way way worse. And then Brady has apparently gone to Kraft, and he engineered and demanded Garoppolo traded. Because they could have got more. Well, what did Jacoby for Garoppolo do? than they did, by the way? But like, there was this feeling like we can't screw this guy more than we're already screwing him. We have we can't send him to Cleveland because well, Cleveland- they emptied they emptied the clip though. They traded away Jacoby Brissett too. <laughs> I hope he wins the Super Bowl. Garoppolo. Yeah. Oh God! Thank God! I thought you meant Brady. No, 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 no. Well, hopefully Just to he'll be like- beat the <laughs> Patriots to do it uh, some year. Well, not this year. He keeps talking about, I'm playing into my mid-40s. I'm playing into my mid-40s. In October, he explained to Kraft and Belichick his plans to play a few more years. The question was whether Brady had earned long-term security from the Patriots or whether he would finish his career somewhere else. Belichick has famously staked his entire career on the idea that long-term security doesn't exist in the NFL. Fear, paranoia, the irrelevance of yesterday and tomorrow and acceptance of Belichick as the ultimate authority are as much of the Patriot way as selflessness and sacrifice. Brady stood as the perfect model for his system. Not anymore. Oh, I can't wait to read the rest of this. Sorry, folks, for reading that aloud, but I'm just like, every time I look at another sentence, I'm like, that makes me feel good. I wanted to have an impact. Here's here's a fisher. In the... In the ranks. There's a big hemorrhoid in the middle of the- There's a fissure <laughs> on a the mutiny on the bounty. There's a fissure on the anus of the pats. <laughs> what do you got going on? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Cold, frigid, bitter, just pick your adjective. Couple of flurries today. High temperature of 8 degrees. Wind chill most of the day. 10 to 20 degrees below zero. Down to minus one tonight, 10 on Saturday, but again, wind chills below zero throughout the day. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Central 11. It is zero degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Apple now admits that all iPhones, iPads, and Mac computers are vulnerable to Spectre and Meltdown processor security flaws. However, the tech giant said today no customers have been affected so far. Apple says it has released a patch for the Safari web browser on its devices to protect against meltdown. A patch to help defend against Spectre will be issued in the coming days. On Wednesday, security researchers revealed two major flaws in just about every computer chip manufactured in the past 20 years. Former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer says he, quote-unquote, screwed up while on the job. In an interview with HLN yesterday, Spicer said he was far from a perfect press secretary. He used examples like when he falsely claimed President Trump's inauguration had the largest crowd ever. He also mentioned the time when he likened... At the behest of his boss. I mean, that's the important point there. The crazy person in charge from day one showed how crazy he was. I mean, if you're, if you, if, I, I don't know, if you're directed by your boss to lie, what are you supposed to do? Right. In, in any position. Right. 
He also mentioned the time he likened Syrian President Bashar al-Assad to Adolf Hitler. Spicer said he screwed up royally when making comments like those. He served President Trump from January of last year through June before quitting. Because he is grossly unqualified for the job, like so many other people in that administration. Is I, that yeah. now, now, is that six weeks, what was it, six months worth mm-hmm. never really being able to do anything else again? Well, yeah, wasn't there speculation he was going to get all these job offers when he left and nope. he's doing nothing? Yeah. People should stop putting him on TV, though. There's no reason to put him on TV. He's a complete buffoon. Has he been on TV? What has what he yeah, been Yeah, he's on, on like just, CNN. He just did this interview. MSNBC? Which one? Uh, HLN. HLN. Yeah. So CNN. Two days ago. The Mooch blew his future job prospects for about 36 hours. Yeah. Another completely unqualified person. (laughs) No, no, yeah. Again, none none of these people were, you know, uh, winning the Nobel Prize anytime soon. But how how do you say, all right, I'm going to do this one thing that will render me completely useless for the rest of my life just to get a, a whiff of that? Big Mac scented Hall of Power. Isn't it crazy, too, because they had Scaramucci on MSNBC yesterday. I saw it on Twitter. People were putting this uh, this interview that went viral all over the place. And it was basically he was saying about Steve Bannon and, uh, and Trump feuding. He was like, look, I think everybody needs to, you know, s- subordinate their feelings about the president and just knock all that stuff off. And then the woman said... You just said that Steve Bannon tries to bleep his own bleep two weeks ago. And he's like, I knew you were going to bring that up. It's like, <laughs> I mean, you just said that. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. I just. It seems like most of the country is suffering with extremely cold temperatures. No matter where you are, these extreme temperatures can change the way we behave. Now, there are some things you should never leave in your car when it's this cold. Your cell phone, your which baby. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you'd leave your cell phone there, but it can screw up the battery and uh, cause the screen to crack more easily. Don't leave pop or beer in the car because they're mostly water, which expands when it freezes so they can explode all over the car. Canned foods, same same reason. A lot of water in there and they can explode. Musical instruments like a guitar, the wood can crack if it gets too cold. Don't leave medication in there. Some drugs can lose their effectiveness if they get too cold. And a low gas tank, not a good idea. Keeping your tank more than half full prevents a fuel line half full prevents fuel line freeze up. Uh, it's also a good idea to check the other fluids like antifreeze and the cold can also affect your tire pressure, which my tire pressure light has been on for a couple of days. I went to Three gas stations yesterday. There was a line. One had no pump. One had two pumps that didn't work. The other had a one pump that didn't work. I have a bike. I don't know if they're frozen or. I have a bike pump you can use. <laughs> I could come over to your house that and borrow it. That shouldn't take long. Mm-hmm. A happiness expert says life is too short to be miserable at work. Fortune 500 advisor and happiness expert Annie McKee says there are three signs indicating an employee may be experiencing burnout at work. Physical, emotional, and relational. McKee says early warning signs include changes in eating or sleeping habits. Also, if an employee becomes overly pessimistic or cynical, they may be closer to work burnout. And lastly, if an employee takes work frustrations home, that could create family discord. She says the best cure is to find a good friend who is reliable and can keep a secret, I guess, to talk through all your issues.
A photo of a man getting his penis whitened by a laser procedure has gone viral in Thailand. The photo shows a doctor from the Bangkok Lelix Hospital performing the surgery to promote it. Uh, The Facebook post has received nearly 20,000 shares and more than 10,000 comments from people mostly confused or amused by it all. Hospital workers say the procedure is becoming increasingly popular. People in Thailand are whitening many parts of their body as the latest trend there. The penis whitening procedure will set you back about 650 bucks for five sessions. Uh, Seems like a bargain. You know, I posted this on Facebook and I said, I bet Sammy Hagar had this done. I think. (laughs) Whitened. (laughs) Hey, baby, you want to meet the little ghost? I mean, thankfully, I brush every night with a. With a whitener, so I yeah, you know I feel like I don't need to get a special yeah because uh, you know when I do my penis brushing, <laughs> you're I look, don't. You looking I, for the icicle? There is absolutely no reason to do this. Bucket of bleach. <laughs> but what's being lost in all of this is the picture that made it go viral, and this is why this story has become such a big deal. And the guy, he looks like he's a, you know his his legs are up in his stirrups. It looks uh, like he's having a. Baby. He's having a pap smear or something. Baby. I don't know. Uh, the guy's underneath him. Under the blanket. He's down there doing the whitening. That poor guy. And he had to have asked the patient, like, hey, uh, mind if I have uh, my assistant take a picture of this procedure so I can put it on the internet? Document. And the guy getting his penis whitened was like, yeah, go ahead. Sure. No problem. You'll put me in a pamphlet? Fine. No problem. How about... This is a free penis whitening in exchange for the picture. Absolutely. No problem. <laughs> you betcha. So he said he had some dark spots on his groin that he wanted what he wanted whitened originally. Like what? I don't I don't I don't understand no. what's happening there. Are they trying to make it so their penis is more racist than the rest of their body? Or what are they? <laughs> I don't understand this. I don't know. I'd choose another color if I got to choose it. Uh, you know, <laughs> just say black and gold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I'd would do be camo. huge here. I'd like to do camo. <laughs> you know, for the troops. Camo penis. <laughs> no thanks. Not camel penis. No, no. Either uh, way, pink. I don't know. I don't see it. If if any, Sammy Sosa's probably already had it done. <laughs> Black and Definitely. gold, you might be onto something there, Sean. That yeah. would be a big hit here. No, it wouldn't. I bet it would. No, Steeler fans would stop at penis coloration. Mm. <laughs> would they? Prove us wrong, Steelers yeah. fans. I mean, what there's if it's just... like a tattoo? <laughs> it is sort of a permanent skin tattoo. You know? Well, then why haven't women gotten the hypocycloids uh, vajazzled? How do you know they haven't? Val raises a good point. <laughs> you don't know that. If there are any vajazzled hypocycloids out there, that's the don't Steelers send logo. pics <laughs> to Randy. Send no, them to Randy Slack. Slack at dve.com. <laughs> we got to do the honor system there. He's if got you the say burner. you do, we believe you. Yeah, that's how that works. The Foo Fighters are rumored to be discussing a possible Las Vegas residency, according to Las Vegas Weekly. At the band's New Year's Eve show at the Chelsea, Dave Grohl teased the possibility of the band playing a three-hour show <laughs> each night with changing set lists, but in a small venue. He claimed the band members tossed the idea around several years ago, but then joked, yeah, maybe sometime before we're in our 70s. But I don't know. I think that's the way these bands should go. 
The 75th Golden Globe Awards take place Sunday night. The event will honor the best in film and American television in 2017. will be hosted by Seth Meyers. The Crown, Game of Thrones, This Is Us, Stranger Things, and The Handmaid's Tale are competing for Best TV Series Drama. Best Musical or Comedy Show is between Master of None, Blackish, Will and Grace, Smilf, and The Marvelous Mrs. Mizell. And the biggest award of the night for Best Motion Picture Drama Going to head-to-head are Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, The Shape of Water, The Post, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Also expected to take place in the red carpet is a protest in solidarity with Time's Up. That's Hollywood's anti-sexual harassment movement. Numerous actors and actresses will be donning all-black attire in support of those who have come forward with complaints of sexual assault or misconduct. Against big names in the industry like Harvey Weinstein, that ceremony being held this Sunday in Beverly Hills and will air live on NBC. Flurries, bitter cold today, temperatures only in the single digit, wind chills uh, up to near 20 below zero, dropping to uh, below zero temperatures overnight tonight, and the forecast tomorrow identical to today, it's zero degrees of DVE. All right, this this Patriots thing. Oh, I thought we were still talking about the penis dying. No, okay. uh, we are, because it's Tom Brady, we're talking yeah. about Tom Brady. Like, like coloring, coloring, yeah, black and gold. Like you know those jerseys that are split straight down the middle, <laughs> half of it away. Oh, I imagine it like a, a twist ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like a zebra. What color are the stripes, really? <laughs> All right, here's the gist of the ESPN thing. Brady engineered. Both the, the Garoppolo and the Brissett trades, get them out of there. He wants to ensure that he gets to quarterback as long as he wants, and he wants another five or six years. Belichick is furious beyond belief. I bet. And has said it's time to get out when the owner starts meddling. So they had all these meetings, and like they, they lasted like all day, Kraft and Belichick. And um, the whole organization has been buzzing about it. And Belichick is supposedly furious. Brady and Kraft hugged in front of everybody after the meetings. Oh. And they said Brady won. He won over Belichick in what Belichick wanted. See, that's the thing. When they when they go to when they go to war, no matter who wins, we lose. Well because I hate everybody involved. Belichick's point was he wanted the dynasty to continue forever. Or the team, not just Brady. He wanted to leave the team with a champion in Garoppolo in like five, six years. He said, if we get rid of both of our quarterbacks who are backing up Tom Brady, we're the Cleveland Browns. We have no backup plan. Tom Brady said, I don't care. Jimmy Garoppolo, when he got hurt, out of a sense of duty and camaraderie thought all right i'm gonna rehab this at tb12 (laughs) which is not nearly as good as br549 by the way but he goes to tb12 has an appointment the doors are locked nobody's there nobody's answering him what's up with that the organization calls that alex guerrero dude and they're like um why won't you treat guerrero or, or, or uh, Garoppolo. And they're like, oh, no, we, we, we will. Send him back in. Yeah. Doors are locked again. <laughs> two that so two weeks that- after his injury, when he was supposed to get treated, he finally got in there to see this guy. So I guess he was being treated 
by both and that everybody feels like they have to do that in order to stay in Tom Brady's good graces. So who has control of the New England Patriots according to this ESPN article? Tom flippin' Brady. F-U-T-B. How much do you want to bet Giselle's just chirping in his ear constantly? You're the best, Tom. You're the best. <laughs> Val. You're, you you know don't let is. anybody tell you what. You're the best. You're the best. It, it, it is Lady Macbeth. Like, no, this is, you can be coach of the, you could be commissioner. Oh, I like it. Oh, I like don't it. Let them, don't let them take your legacy. Here's the thing about the New England media. They're terrified of these guys. They are not going to pursue this story any further. There's going to be one question. Belichick's going to scowl, and they're all going to be like, sorry. And that'll be it. I wish there were. <laughs> but the national media is not going to stop throwing this around for the next two weeks. It's possibly enough to distract them from beating KC in two weeks, who they'll likely face. We're not going to be that lucky. If it comes out. I want to beat them. If it comes out I that Brady too. is going to see three fortune telling witches in Providence, I'm writing a play. I'm doing it. We haven't been able to beat them in New England, though. We need to keep stirring the pot. All right. I know, and I guarantee you, Pursuit is going to come in here right now and say none of that means nothing. Well, I mean, when they keep winning, it really doesn't. Right. I am inclined to uh, think the same thing. Until they lose. I don't think, ultimately, it matters right now. The impact of this story is going to be felt in the future. Right now, this doesn't do anything to diminish how difficult of an opponent it is for the Steelers. I mean, I did think it was insane for them to empty out their their backup quarterbacks right. this year. I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Well, but then I thought, okay, this is just the Patriots being the Patriots. Nobody is above the logo. Bill Belichick but apparently agrees with you. TB12 is above the logo. TB12. Suck it, TB12. <laughs> Shocking. I really have just a renewed hate for them this postseason. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm really fired up for the playoffs. Yeah, James Harrison. Me too. Hey, James Harrison, go work out at TB12. Yeah. Go get your steroids from TB12 now. <laughs> Come on. Guerrero you don't think Tom Brady's figured out a way to beat it? He, he's the greatest. That's fine. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I guarantee you he's cheating. I bet he is no fun to hang out with at all. None. Dude, it calls him a loner. It says he has no friends, and the only people he likes are the people like all the sycophants. Right. This is why he identifies with Trump so much. No friends, only hangs around with the yes-men, who are all quacks. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of this? Ben Carson appointed defensive coordinator. Right. I did go to Michigan. What do you think? (laughs) Michigan man. Sounds like a Michigan man? Yeah. Doesn't... I don't think it matters for the Steelers. I really don't. This is going to have uh, reverberations for the years to come. Uh, but yeah, oh, well, just you know, they're going through a transition, potentially or eventually, from a great franchise, all-time caliber quarterback to what's next. Don't talk about us having to deal with the same I'm thing just, soon. Everybody that has one of those has to go through that at some point, right? Not everybody's. It as ain't lucky always as the, smooth. The Packers, yeah, it. it the Packers got lucky, though. That was rickety. Uh, Favre hated Rodgers. That is sometimes a violent transition. Joe, Joe Montana to Steve Young wasn't a, any you know, picnic. Pey- Peyton Manning ended up winning another Super Bowl somewhere other than Indianapolis. Not that he had anything to do with it, but you know, right. <laughs> he ended off really well. All right, quick uh, break. We're going to come back here. Mike Pursuta 
with your sports. The Pens, rough night last night. Well, they could have used Garoppolo. They could have, but some fascinating stuff coming up from Keith Butler on what the motivation is this postseason. By the way, I said Garoppolo's 4 0. He's 5 0 with uh, San Francisco. Thanks to his recovery and physical therapy at TB12, Does no doubt. Does he still get to go there now? Or? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, his membership's been revoked. DVE Sports. I want to start off by uh, mentioning something we have not talked a lot about today. Channel 11 reporting Ryan Chazier's father claiming Ryan has uh, regained some feeling in his legs. And we are hopeful that this is a sign of good things to come and that he will walk again one day. Um, I can't imagine that's anything but a good sign and encouraging. And, uh, you know, they asked his father if he has walked yet, and he said he didn't want to talk about that. And he said he'd let Ryan disclose whatever information he felt comfortable disclosing about this uh, this uh, recovery here. Which I'm going to assume means that he is not. I'm not going to assume anything other than to say this. I, I'm taking this as a good sign. Oh, but, definitely, but definitely. I do think a lot of people, the reaction was, thank God it's over. And it's. I think it's a long way from being over for Ryan Chazier. Yeah, that's what I took away from it, too. So, you know, best wishes, thoughts, and prayers continue to go out to Ryan Chazier in hopes that he's he can have a, a pretty normal life after all of this. Um, Indeed. Okay, so back to the ESPN thing. Before we get into to what you got, Mike, I just want to highlight this one aspect of it. It occurs to me that one person might actually be glad that this came out of that triumvirate. Kraft, Brady, Belichick. Belichick. And that's Belichick because he actually comes out looking like the smart, rational one here. And that's part of according to this article. Again, we're assuming everything is 100% legit in this article, and there's no reason to believe it's not, because nothing seems outlandish here. He seems to be the one saying, we need to sustain the dynasty, and you can't do it by letting this guy do the untraditional methods. Those aren't the. That's not what brought us here. The TB12, the relying on a 45-year-old quarterback to continue to bring you championships. That's not how it goes. So in grooming the next guy, who is 7-0 and as a starter in the NFL, and Brady felt threatened by him, he engineered his ousting from, from Boston. That is, that's got to drive Belichick nuts. So when I read this, my thoughts are, God, Belichick actually comes out of this looking good. I think to people outside of New England, I think everybody in New England is just like TB12 till we die. Right. Because who he's, cares? He's the greatest. He's been to seven freaking Super Bowls. I won five of them. I haven't read the story yet, but uh, Belichick, uh, if he's indeed thinking about sustaining the dynasty, is not the only NFL coach who's thinking that way. I uh, spent a few minutes with Keith Butler, the Steelers' defensive coordinator, yesterday, and we talked about. The upcoming playoffs, and of course the Steelers want to win, want to win the Super Bowl, but Butler uh, said that uh, he wants to win a seventh Lombardi for the organization more than he wants to win a third ring for himself. I guess because I have a lot of admiration for the organization. You know, I, I, you know, like I said, I started my first game here in uh, Three River Stadium, and, and uh, you know, always – I always watch these guys, the Steelers, because they were, you know, they were it back then too. 
and uh, you know you always kind of like them and I got a chance to work for them been working for them for 15 years now uh, been to three Super Bowls won two of them and to me I got a little you know probably probably a little bit of pride about the organization in terms of uh, how many Lombardis they've won and, and they've won more than anybody else has and so I want to keep it that way I mean, that matters, right? He's in the middle of it doing it, and he sounds like a fan. The fans love that. We've won more Super Bowls than anybody else. That's the the badge of honor for Steeler Nation. But uh, Butler doesn't uh, mind if you mention to him, hey, Keith, you sound like a fan when you talk that way. I'm kind of a fan, too, you know. (laughs) You're working for him. You're trying to get to the Super Bowl. You're kind of a fan, you know what I mean? You want to see this stuff happen, too. It's emblematic of... of, uh, being the best franchise in the history of the NFL. You want to be the best franchise in the history of the NFL. Everybody wants that. You know what I'm saying? Super Bowls is the way you measure it. Well, that's the way he says you measure it. If you look up in the NFL record and fact book under uh, most seasons league champion, there are three entries. Green Bay Packers with 13, Chicago Bears with nine, and the New York Football Giants with eight. The Steelers aren't even listed. But Keith Butler insists that that stat deserves an asterisk. When does the modern day area come in? Come into play? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I mean, how many how many teams have competed for the Super Bowl every year? Has it been 28? Has it been 30? Has it been 32? How many com- uh, competed for those back then? Uh, it's comparable. You think all the coaches feel that way? About about the yeah yeah, yeah I mean those guys played here. I mean all three of the guys. I mean three of our guys played here. John's been here for Dagum 23 years. Yeah, they feel like that. I, I would think they would. So seven's a real big deal, not just win this one, win the seventh one. Yeah, let's get the seventh, and then let's get the eight. Seriously, seriously. So let's get the seventh, let's get the eight. You had him fired up there. He's dropping he's, dad gums. He's like the defender of the realm, right? That's They feel that responsibility to maintain the edge as the team with the most Super Bowls. I like it. It's awesome because I thought that was just a fan thing. So did I. I really did. So did I. He started, but they're not. They're they're in the moment, but they're also appreciative. And he mentions the guys who had played here: Carnell Lake, Jerry Osaski, Joey Porter, coaches who all played for the Steelers. Danny Smith is from Pittsburgh. Richard Mann, the wide receivers coaches from Aliquippa. There's there's more going on than they want to be the champion this season. I like it. <laughs> Wonderful. I like it. I like it a lot. I wonder if New England, if in New England, they're thinking we got to catch those guys. No, they're thinking, how did we let him talk us into trading Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, this story is going to be all you're going to hear about in regards to NFL talk for the next two weeks. Can't wait to see the next Belichick press conference. I just can't wait. You're going to be sick of it. It'll disappoint. I know. Oh, no, he's going to go, I don't don't have any comment on Oh, come on. We're just focused on Kansas City. And then everyone will be like, Coach, one more question about that. He's like, I'm going to chop your balls off. And then he's like, okay, nothing. (laughs) Never mind. Very scared of you. Sorry. How How did the Boston media not pick up on this? How is it an ESPN guy's breaking this? Because of what you said. They're absolutely terrified of the organization. And who would carry who would, water? Because you don't think those guys all knew about this? They were terrified to report it. I haven't read the piece yet. Is this documented or is this 
somebody's speculation. Uh, Seth Wickersham, uh, according uh, sources. Okay. You know, they don't say, this guy told me. He Let's get Seth on the show. He didn't attribute it. We should. I mean, they we can really say none should. of it's true. They could say that. I'm guessing that's Th- what they will say. Doesn't mean that that's the case. None of it's true. Somebody has to get Jimmy G on the phone. And apparently one of the things that's pissing off Brady is Belichick is very proud of Garoppolo's record. That sounds pretty plausible, just from what I've heard you guys talk about. Uh, Th- that's again, just these it. Are, these are... Very difficult transitions, and few teams have to go through them because there are so few quarterbacks that are that impactful and that significant to an organization. Does Ben seem uh slow start for Ben this year? Do you see decline that con- is concerning? No. Right. Not at all. Do you? Second half of the season, no. he was lights out. Yeah. Second half of the season is accuracy. I think they're over thirty points a game the last seven games. Yeah, I think the slow start he's, he's pissed him mode. off. Uh, the criticism ever since he said maybe I don't have it anymore, he got better every game. And then the second half, he was great. He was tremendous in the Patriots game, except for the last play. He should sarcastically doubt himself more often. <laughs> And even that last play, you know, I, I admire taking the shot. Well, I think that was it. That was the Brett Favre that was a aspect really of Ben's game. Tough throw, but it could have. Ha- it wasn't. It wouldn't have taken a miracle for them to complete that pass. And you know, Ben Roethlisberger with the ball in his hand at the end of the game, win or lose on one throw. If you're the Steelers, you're going to take that risk every time, aren't you? I just hate Definitely. seeing Le'Veon Bell just standing there throughout that play. Yeah, why? I wish they could have flipped. I wish they could have flipped the field and it was... Because besides Ben, that's a guy I want involved in the play. If Antonio Brown's on the field, don't you want him involved in a game-winning play? Well, sure you do, but it's a... Part of the... the, uh, Part of the fake fake. spike is a bunch of guys standing around not involved in the play. I understand. My my point is not that I wanted him involved in the fake spike, is that I wanted it to oh, be a play. He mm-hmm. wanted to see Eli Rogers standing around. Yeah, I, yeah l- l- Eli fake it. <laughs> 102.5 WDVE Pittsburgh, your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we're talking wild card weekend right now with venerable NFL writer from the Houston Chronicle, one of uh, our favorites, the legendary John McClain, ladies and gentlemen, who gets a round of applause because this guy is uh, from the days of Noel and, uh, and uh, Bum Phillips. You've seen it all when it comes to, uh, to to the Pittsburgh Steelers' legacy here, so we always love talking with you. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year to Happy you. Year. Now, I know you made it through a little bit of that article. Uh, it's uh, you know not a stretch to say that this is going to be the number one talking point of NFL pundits here for some time to come. Belichick, Brady, Kraft, the Garoppolo trade that happened. Uh, with what you've been able to to glean from what you read in the article, does it seem like this is plausible to you uh, that this all could have occurred the way that they say it did? Sure it could, although people wonder why they traded Garoppolo for a second-round pick. story says that uh, Belichick was told to, and because they t- he turned down an extension of up to $18 million. It's complicated by the fact that Brady and Garoppolo – are both represented by Dolly. It was obvious Garoppolo didn't want to stay there. And that contract offer, according to ESPN, 
would have been more if Brady retired and he became the starter. But he didn't believe he was going to retire, so he wanted to be traded. But, you know, looking back at what Garoppolo did, my goodness, that go down, based on what we've seen, is one of the biggest steals in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And it came from Bill Belichick. I think the fascinating part, and I don't think for a second the premise that this is going to be the last year with Kraft, Belichick, and Brady. Brady's about to be voted MVP. They're still, you know, unless the Steelers can beat them at Gillette, they're going back to the Super Super Bowl. They're clearly the only two good teams in the AFC, and I just don't see it. Uh, I remember the last two times they were in the Super Bowl, there were a lot of predictions that Brady will retire, Belichick will retire. Well, Belichick's been a coach all his life. His dad was a coach. He's still going strong, and uh, Brady already told everybody you know, he wants to play into his 40s. But the the thing that's most interesting, and we we knew most of this, if you've been reading the Boston media and listening to him, Alex Guerrero, you know, the TB12 guru with Brady, yeah. the stuff about players going to him instead of the trainers, to me that was all old news because I was fascinated by that when I read it in the Boston Globe and the Boston Herald and the Boston Sports Journal earlier in the season. And it's it, the thing that I thought was interesting is that Brady has changed. Well, he may have changed behind the scenes, but he hadn't changed on the field. We know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it strikes me that like that he's got this uh, like Doctor Eugene Landy with uh, Brian Wilson and the Beach Boys. You know, this guy, this weird outside, uh, you know, uh, somewhat dubious medical distinction. Uh, you know, a uh, guy who is all of a sudden got the ear of the the person in charge of everything up there, and it seems like Tom Brady, if this article is correct, is is uh, calling the shots up there over what Belichick wants, and he's got some quack on his arm helping him call the shots. I mean, that's well, kind of crazy. It is, but Brady believes in him, and the way Brady's playing at his age, you know, you don't know if it's TB12 and Alex Guerrero, uh, but. Uh, whatever Brady's doing is working, and it's amazing to me how he continually wins with the offensive talent around him uh, that comes and goes. And that's why I believe the Steelers, because the Steelers are physical with Antonio Brown back by then, I think that the Steelers have a legitimate chance to go into Foxborough and win that game. And I know it drives people crazy to think, well, they got to play a divisional game, but you know, if the Steelers lose at home, people will be shocked. But I can't wait for that. As good as the as the NFC is with a lot better teams than the AFC, to me, the Steelers-Patriots game, especially in light of the controversial ending of the regular season game, that is going to make that game the best that we're going to have in the playoffs better than anything that the NFC is going to put out there. You think that winner of that AFC game is the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl? I do, Mike. I think that, first of all, um, you know, I believe it's still true that no Dome team has won a championship game outdoors. So Minnesota and New Orleans better hope Philadelphia loses and they get that mm-hmm. game at home. And as I don't, Carolina uh, has an experienced Super Bowl quarterback, so does New Orleans. You know, the Rams are young and inexperienced. With falls, nobody's taking the Eagles seriously anymore. Minnesota, as much as I love Case Keenum, you know, do you see Case Keenum or Nick Falls winning the Super Bowl? I don't. That's why I think the AFC winner is going to be the favorite and probably will win the Super Bowl. 
All right, let's run through the games quickly. Tennessee and uh, KC Saturday, 4.30. Blowout by the Chiefs. The, the Titans barely made the playoffs. They have not played well offensively. I think changes are coming no matter what they do to their offensive coaching staff because Marcus Mariota regressed, as did their running game. Then uh, the the late game Saturday, eight fifteen kickoff for the uh, surprising eleven and five Rams against the Falcons, who gave away a Super Bowl last year. I think that's going to be the highest scoring game. You know, the hmm. Rams are young. So do I. <laughs> They're inexperienced. You got even though Matt Ryan didn't play nearly as well as he did last year, they've gotten hot at the end of the season. I see Ryan and Goff throwing it all over the place, and I think the Rams will win. I think I picked the Rams like 30-27. to 27. Uh, The next uh, game, Sunday, 105, the backed into the playoffs, Buffalo Bills against the Jaguars. To me, that's the dud game of the weekend. The only two teams who threw the ball, who ran the ball more than they threw it. The key is, even if LaShawn McCoy can play, there's no way he's going to be close to 100% based on the pain he was showing on the field when he suffered that ankle injury. I think Tyrod Taylor will go in there. Jacksonville's defense will chew him up. Now, the Jaguars lost two games in a row. After they annihilated the Texans and Bortles looked great, he stunk it up in the last two. So I still think their defense will be good enough to win. I think they'll be very conservative what they do with Bortles unless somehow they fall behind. So I think Jacksonville win that game by 10. And then Carolina and the Saints, uh, the 440 game on Sunday. That's a really good one. Very familiar foes, two Super Bowl quarterbacks, Saints and Breeze. And and their two-headed running game with Ingram and Kamara, their defense has been great under Dennis Allen. I think the Saints are going to win the game by seven points. And uh, the Saints, really, in the NFC, they're the most balanced team. they got experience. Super Bowl quarterback, Super Bowl Cates, coach, I think they're going to end up in the NFC Championship game. Uh, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, and uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, T.J. Watt has certainly made his impact felt here in Pittsburgh, and his brother J.J. Watt uh, in Houston achieved the most unbelievable uh, task in raising $37 million for hurricane relief down there now he got hurt and ended his season prematurely which was uh which was a shame no doubt but is that you know that story seems to have gone away in terms of you know the popular nfl story to talk about but to me that stands out as one of the most remarkable things in nfl history that one guy spearheaded a 37 million dollar fundraising effort for the city of Houston. What, what does the city right now, in what regard do they hold J.J. Watt? I can't imagine anybody has ever been as beloved. But right now, with Altuve and Harden and Watt, and they've got uh, three players, Altuve being, of course, mm-hmm. the AL MVP, Harden right. finished second last year. Uh, Watt, because he does so much off the field, he always has. And uh, this year, it doesn't surprise anybody here that he did what he did trying to raise 200000 put put 100000 of his own, doing a video in his hotel room in Dallas where they were marooned during the hurricane at 37. I think we'll hear a lot more about him because I'll be shocked if he doesn't win the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award at the Super Bowl. And then he, he's, he got companies to work with him to help distribute it. And when he could, he got out and you know rolled up his sleeves and helped distribute it. And it's a two-year process as far as the money 
giving away the money and everything, but it was unbelievable. And I'll tell you guys something about J.J. and T.J. When J.J. was a rookie in 2011, he didn't do anything during the regular season to make us go, wow, this guy's going to be great. It wasn't until the playoff game against Cincinnati when he intercepted Andy Dalton and returned it for a touchdown. And from that point on, the J.J. Watt phenomenon was born. So the same thing could happen to T.J. in the playoffs if he duplicates what his brother did as a rookie. Wow. Yeah, it's it's the, the upside here for TJ is remarkable. He's made a much bigger impact than I think a lot of us thought he could. Uh, John McClain, NFL writer for the Houston Chronicle. Uh, and before I let you go, being that you're on the committee uh, for uh, the Hall of Fame, we talked with uh, Goose Goslin yesterday about uh, some of the inclusion process. Um, Alan Fanica. Here we have a vested interest in seeing him get inducted into Canton. He's one of the 15 finalists. What do you think his chances are of uh, of seeing the coat this year? Well, I'm invested in Allen, too, because he's from here. And uh, he's definitely Hall of Fame worthy. I saw Casey Hampton at the Texas Bowl last week, and I told him, I said, I think you have a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl. And he, I mean, at the Hall of Fame, and he looked at me like he was crazy. He said, man, I didn't have stats. I said, you're a nose tackle. You got two rings. You played the position great. I said, I'm not saying you're going to be a first ballot. I said, I just think you got the credentials. And uh, and Fanica, of course, does. So I think Fanica will get in. I just don't know when because the competition is fierce. Yeah. You know, and Goose always says, you know, much to the chagrin of Steeler fans, that no matter how beloved he was, that doesn't equate uh, into uh, a bust in Canton. Do you think Heinz Ward ever has a shot? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm when I look at the receivers, and you see guys like Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Isaac Bruce. Those guys had the big numbers, and that's not really fair considering the game has been opened up to emphasize throwing the football. And you know, Hines Ward. I think when when Hines is being presented, that it would be you have to look at his toughness, his blocking, his durability, the things he did in the clutch. So I'm never saying anybody doesn't have a chance. Jerry Kramer, who'd been bypassed for like 100 years, finally is a senior nominee, and I'm on the senior committee. And I can't really say because it's a private vote, but all of a sudden he and the Oilers' great linebacker, Robert Brazil, uh, who's been out of the game since 85, there are two senior nominees. So I tell everybody, never give up hope. John McClain, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate your time this morning, man. Always, Thank you. Good luck to the Steelers in the playoffs. I always love seeing the Steelers, and I hope they go to the Super Bowl because I'm tired of writing about the Patriots. Thank you, guys. We'll see you, John. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. The best. Ozzy, he's the best. He's the greatest. Responsible for my greatest disappointment in radio. What's up? What happened, Mike? When we were down uh, in Houston on Christmas. Christmas. You know, John's a big deal in Houston. Yeah. And he's got his own radio and stuff. Sure. So I couldn't get him on the pregame. Oh, I had a chance to have track. John McClain uh, on my show on yeah. Christmas Day, right. and it slipped through my fingers. Should have tried to book a Hans Gruber from somewhere. <laughs> I think Hans Gruber's dead. There would have been no surpassing that, no matter what happens from here on, to have John McClain on Christmas Day. That's your biggest disappointment? We could have got together, had a few laughs. <laughs> Didn't happen. Should have tried to get Carl Winslow. <laughs> Love hearing that voice talking about football. We, we've had a lot of the Southern uh, 
influence this morning. Hearing from uh, Butts and uh, John McClain. Got Alabama and Texas covered. Should I get Chan Gailey on the phone? Yeah, could you? <laughs> a photo of a man getting his penis whitened by a laser procedure <laughs> has gone viral in Thailand. He said he had some dark spots on his groin that he wanted what he wanted whitened originally. Like what? I don't. I don't. I don't understand no. what's happening there. I don't know. I'd choose another color if I got to choose it. Uh, you know, <laughs> just say black and gold. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that I'd would do be camo. huge here. I'd like to do camo. <laughs> you know, for the troops, camo penis. <laughs> no thanks. Not camel penis. <laughs> no. No. Black Definitely. and gold, you might be onto something there, Sean. That yeah. would be a big hit here. No, it wouldn't. I bet it would. No, Steeler fans would stop at penis coloration. Mm. <laughs> would they? Prove us wrong, Steelers yeah. fans. I mean, what there's if it's just... like a tattoo? It is sort of a permanent skin tattoo. You know? Well, then why haven't women gotten the hypocycloids uh, bejazzled? How do you know they haven't? Val raised a good point. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. I don't think that's happened. Here we go. Steelers. I mean, Here know. we go. You never know. There's some diehard fans out there. There's probably a super lurid, gross tattoo. Yeah. The team running out of the tunnel or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just Villanueva with Down Big leg. Ben and Hayward behind them. <laughs> and somehow it plays Renegade. I don't know how you get that done. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to happen like that. <laughs> well, I sure hope the radio's not on right outside the studio. Wow. Oh, no, kid kids out there. Up there. Earmuff, kids. Earmuff. Earmuffs. 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 That kid's holding a six-pack. I, I, uh, <laughs> Uh, Thank God that kid's drunk. Yes. <laughs> he might not know what's going on over there. Here's a channel <laughs> severe weather Earmuffs, Brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Cold, frigid, bitter, just pick your adjective. Couple of flurries today. High temperature of eight degrees. Wind chill most of the day. 10 to 20 degrees below zero. Down to minus one tonight, 10 on Saturday, but again, wind chills below zero throughout the day. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Central 11. It, uh, depending on who you believe, is minus two degrees right now. It could I be mean, worse. It could be zero. I believe that. The, uh, the New York Times says the forecast for the big Mount Washington in New Hampshire is minus 95, so we're fine. Minus 95. How does anything survive in that? I mean, why do they even put a number next to it at that point? I really felt guilty throwing stink bugs out into the cold yesterday. What? Why? That's one of the like, great I joys. Just, I, They're like, like dinosaurs. They don't feel like, that stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. I have to kill you. Those are dinosaur bugs. They can survive anything or die on your windowsill <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> and just lay there looking like they're alive. <laughs> One of Roy Moore's accusers has filed suit against him, but not for sexual misconduct. Lee Korfman, who told the Washington Post the former judge molested her when she was 14, says Moore and his Senate campaign defamed her by saying she was lying. She's filed suit in Montgomery County, Alabama, asking that a judge compel him to apologize and retract those statements. She's only asking for court costs to no additional financial damages. Moore's campaign says, quote, we look forward to transparently discussing these matters in a court of law, end quote.
Did you hear the story yesterday that was going around about the, you know, the the Jewish lawyer? Mm-hmm. One of our lawyers is a Jew. <laughs> he voted not for Roy Moore. And he, he's Christian now, <laughs> and right? And then they were like, we didn't mean that Jew lawyer. We meant uh, another one. That guy was, yeah, he was friends with Doug Moore and he raised Doug money Jones. for him. Doug, Doug Jones. And, and raised money for him. Did you see the picture of, of uh, Doug Jones' kid? At the inauguration, oh, yeah. just staring his, down Pence. His, his son is gay, right? Yeah. And he was just staring at Pence. It was awesome. You know Pence was like... <laughs> Pence was like, don't get a boner, don't get a boner. Think about mother, think about mother. Mother, think mother, about mother, 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 mother. <laughs> oh, it moved. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a little unsettling. Uh, the federal government wants you to know what to do in case of a nuclear attack. And this is not just the people in Hawaii. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention will hold an online briefing January 16th to let Americans know about preparations at the federal, state, and local levels. The CDC website says that while a nuclear detonation is highly unlikely, it would have devastating results and have little time uh, for protection against radiation. So January 16th. And if I've learned monitor. if I've learned one thing from Linda Hamilton, uh, what you don't do is grab a chain link fence and stare <laughs> at the blast. That does not work. <laughs> As residents brave the cold and attempt to dig their cars out of the snow, the police department in Philly is reminding people of its no savesies rule. In a city where residents also say uh, often save dugout parking spaces with folding chairs, traffic cones, and trash cans. Police there are warning the policy will not be tolerated on a snow day or even on a good day. I don't I haven't heard of anything like that here. The police department has gotten creative in reminding residents of the policy on its Facebook page by posting comedic entries entitled A Song of Ice and Parking, A Game of Cones, a parody of Game of Thrones. The department is asking residents not to get into an altercation with a neighbor over parking spots, but instead call 911 and have police come and settle the issue. Sean, you know this well. The The parking chair is a time-honored tradition here. In it's Denver. been handed down generation to generation. The chair has been handed down generation to generation. The, uh, the literal chair. And, uh, and uh, depending on the neighborhood, it doesn't have to be a chair. It could be an old coffee table, baby carriage. Have your kids stand out there and wait. Just put something... <laughs> Looking for love in the new year? Well, then you should circle this Sunday, January 7th. On the calendar, a bunch of dating sites including Match and Plenty of Fish expect this Sunday to be their busiest day of the year. In fact, Match.com thinks they'll see a 42% spike in new people signing up to the site January 7th. Why is this Sunday such a big online dating day? Well, one reason is that it's the first Sunday of the new year. Sundays are already quite popular for online dating. Uh, According to Plenty of Fish uh, spokesperson Kate McLean, she says the start of a fresh year symbolizes new beginnings and singles may be feeling particularly excited and hopeful about the future. Also, after spending the holiday solo or and or with your family and being asked, why don't you have a girlfriend? Why don't you have a boyfriend? When are you getting married? Many singles start off the year armed with a resolution to find love in the new year. Man, that's got to be tough, especially in this weather. You just show up ashy with chapped lips. It's like, oh, God, this is tough. I'd smile, but I don't want to bleed.
You have to do the love actually cards because it's too cold to talk. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's shaped like a, a giant potato or if that's just layering. I can't tell. I can't tell. Lots of layers. Just months after the death of Hugh Hefner, Playboy is considering getting rid of its print magazine, which has been around since 1953. The company's been losing money on the print issue for or uh, installment for years. So the plan would be to stop publishing it and instead focus on making money with licensing deals. So while the glossy magazine with the centerfold isn't worth much these days, the image of the cartoon bunny head still is the, the brand yeah. of Playboy. Final season of Game of Thrones won't begin for at least a year. HBO announced Thursday that new episodes of the eighth and final season of the hit series will not be ready until 2019. Network executives hinted at that possibility when season seven wrapped up last summer, but they had not confirmed it until now. Season eight will be the shortest with only six episodes, but some episodes might be extra long. There's no word from HBO as to when in 2019 the final season will debut. Plenty of time for you guys to catch up. Oh, uh, yeah, I got to get... Uh, it's not going to happen. No. You're not going to do it. What, Game of Thrones? Yeah. Dude, I got to get a surgery coming up. I'm going to, you know, after you I... You are? Yeah, after I have the sex change, I'm going to sit and watch <laughs> Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, I got to have an elbow. Beautiful. My elbow's ripped up. You're going to get it whitened? I'm going to get well? my elbow whitened. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. Flurries, bitter, cold, dangerous temperatures today, only in the single digits. Wind chills near 20 below zero, dropping to below zero... Regular temperatures overnight tonight. Uh, forecast for tomorrow, just like today, but then a, a little bit of a warm up Sunday, and I think in the 40s by Monday. It's uh, the DVE morning show. We were telling you earlier about Rob Gronkowski's comedy special, Unsportsmanlike Comedy, on Showtime tonight. One of the comics uh, who's going to be featured is joining us right now. His new special, Me Being Me, is out right now. And the very funny Jay Larson, ladies and gentlemen, he'll get a round of yeah. applause. Jay Larson will. Yeah. Oh, I like that. First of all, I'm not even going to get into the ESPN article because you probably haven't read it, and I don't want to talk Patriots the entire time because uh, we got plenty of time to do that. But uh, yeah. but have you read the the ESPN expose on Belichick, Brady, and Kraft? You know, I just like I just saw it this morning. It was it's on the front page on dot com, right? Yeah. Does it say something about how the destiny's over and Brady's done and Belichick's got beef or something like that? Yeah, Belichick's pissed at Brady for pushing Garoppolo out and making everybody go to his quack doctor's Scientology sports and fitness center. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know, people. I live in L.A. and people ask me all the time, they're like, about the Pats, and they're like, what are you going to do if they lose? Like last year, what if they lose? And I'm like... I'm okay with it, man. We won four Super Bowl. Like, I'm fine if we lose. We, if any Boston fan isn't like can't take a loss or like we've had a run. We, it, if we lose, if Brady's done after this year, we should all be thankful. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Burr always says the same thing. He's like, I don't care. We're playing with house money now. But uh, still, I, I hope that it needles you really good when they lose. Like, that would make me as a Steelers fan feel better. Does it at least ruin you know, your I, night, Jay? Yeah. Come on. Give us something. I have friends in Pittsburgh, and every year we bet who's going to, like, go further the path of the Steelers. And if you lose, you got to pay 50 bucks. And this the, the woman I'm friends with, every time I've, I've won, she sends the 50 one year she sent it in two dollar bills. Another year she sent it inside like a puzzle that I had to solve. It took me like four days. To get to the <laughs> and I think it's the greatest thing ever. I'm like Steelers fans. I was out in 
recently, and I was hanging with some Steelers fans, and I'm like, oh, maybe the greatest fans outside of, you know, Boston fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, let me, uh, first of all, Jay, for those who are listening and don't know, and I, I've in the past have played uh, your, your Conan set uh, where you talked about the, the phone call that you got, which to me is one of the funniest, th- I mean, most hilarious. Sounds like Bruce. That to me is like unendingly funny, and that's a real story. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, that's my, my stand-up comes from I try to take real things that happen in my life and then put them on stage, so... That was one of the greatest. I've had two kids, and to this day, that's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you asked, now your new special, Me Being Me, is out now. Where can people see that? I have that at my website, jlarsoncomedy.com. I was in this predicament. I'm like, I can wait to do a special with someone else, or I can just do it on my own and self-release it and not have to worry about anything. I, I made every decision in the whole process, and that's what I did. So I just have it at my website right now. Okay, jlarsoncomedy.com. You should check it out. And you can see him also, a, a part of the Rob Gronkowski comment. Now, how the hell did this come about? You know, we had Sarah Tiana on the show uh, earlier the, in, in 2017, and she talked about working with Gronk at the big poppy roast and writing jokes for him and just what, you know, what adult he was. And he totally butchered the joke that he had coming out. I bet that despite the fact that he's a walking STD, that he is a hilarious guy. <laughs> Well, I gotta be honest with you. He he he's just a guy that like let me just say this about Gronk. He is a dope. Like look at him, he's a dope. Yeah. But have you ever seen him mess up any press conference or anything like he still walks that Belichick like the Patriot way, which is inc- crazy. But when you're like shooting this thing, you just like he he has, he doesn't have a care in the world. That guy doesn't worry about a thing. Yeah. He's not he good really at he, like being a funny guy or a dope, like you said, does not mean being a good comedian on stage. How are his hosting skills? I mean, he did a really good job. Here's the thing. That guy just doesn't worry. Some comedians, we work for like years on certain jokes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's just like, I'll do whatever. <laughs> he'll say whatever you tell him to say. He just like gets up and like, all right, let's do it. And, you know, it just, like, works for him. He's also in Patriot Place where they're like, you could do it. It'd be like Jerome Bettis getting up. Everyone would be like, yeah, I don't care what he says. Hey, I think uh, Jerome Bettis could be like, I think North Korea's all right. And people would be like, I think he's got a point. (laughs) He's not going to lose in in Foxborough. Yeah. Unsportsmanlike comedy. It It was a fun night, you know. It was just like putting sports with comedy like they kind of go hand in hand you know and uh it was fun it was a lot of fun who else is on that show um justin mckinney who's a hilarious comedian from new hampshire he's from maine but he lives in new hampshire yeah and then finesse mitchell lenny clark you know finesse was on lenny lenny Lenny, man lenny's a legend He's the only comedian I've ever done work with where I'm like, is this guy doing a street joke right now? Like, it sounded like something he got out of a book. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, he probably wrote this. I saw him uh, on Yaki Way. At a, at, I was at a Sox game, and uh, I just said hi to him, and he did three minutes. <laughs> I No, I you know, never met him. Just, hey, Lenny, I'm a big fan. Ah, oh, you are, are you? And he just, you know, he rolls into he, it. He remembers everyone's name. He, he knew every single person on set thing, every single person. And 
just has a conversation with everyone. He's he's, a, he's an amazing guy. All right, so that's uh, and we've had Justin on the show before too. Also, a very funny guy. That's uh, tonight at ten. But go to jlarsoncomedy.com to see Jay's new special, "Me Being Me," out now. And dude, come back and hang in Pittsburgh. Come play the Improv and Hang in Studio with us. I would love to do. That. I mean, I know it's chilly back there. It's freezing back here. It's fifty six right now. It's freezing. Yeah, so. that, that's got to bring Los Angeles to its knees. Dude, the actual temperature right now, the actual temperature is zero. That's a, it's oh. The wind chill is minus 20 in Pittsburgh right now. My God. It's, it's just stupid. It's legit cold, huh? It's happening out there. That's why everybody moved to Los Angeles and is ruining it. Because ruining it, the weather's out. Yeah, they're like, oh, I, let's just go to fires for 140,000 acres. <laughs> Jay, if you bet that uh, that woman from Pittsburgh this year and end up losing, just send her a fifty dollars gift card to TB Twelve. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great call, man. <laughs> Redeemable. He's really going all in on that. Redeemable at Alex Guerrero's Scientology <laughs> Sports and Fitness Center. <laughs> Jay, I thanks, man. JayLarsonComedy.com. Go check out me being me. Thanks, man. Good talking with you. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right, dude. Congrats. We'll if you've never seen that story, the dude, will you will you push that out on uh, DV social media Slack? Thanks. Uh, the, the Jay Larson story of the the wrong number that he answered and he picked up in the middle of a business meeting is one of the funniest things I've ever heard. It's the greatest. Sounds like Bruce. <laughs> it's, it like makes me laugh <laughs> to the point of tears every time, and I've I've probably watched it thirty times. Uh, Jay Larson, yeah, check really him out is. tonight on uh, the Gronk Show, and then uh, JayLarsonComedy dot com for his new special. That's me- a great way to describe Gronk, by the way. The Gronk Just, Show. He has no care in the world. Uh. The, nothing bothers that guy. He like again for all the people who are like Tomlin can't control his players. Winning is all that matters. Tomlin wins one more game. Nobody's talking about that crap. Gronk had a sex cruise with his brothers. (laughs) He's doing stand-up. Which should be a crime. Nobody's like, Belichick can't control these guys. It's just... And then this ESPN story. I'm loving this. I love the ESPN story. Please make it have an impact. So good. Uh, All right, Mike's coming in next. Put a 50-burger up on... Probably. More like, yeah, this is just going to piss them off. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't shoot them. You'll just make them angry. Um. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on DVE. Sports is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Todd Haley spoke, as he always does, on Coordinator Thursdays yesterday on the South Side. Haley wanted to talk about the Steelers and the upcoming playoffs, and football, and the media wanted to talk about New Year's Eve. Before I talk football, uh, I want to uh, address something that I'm sure you have uh, questions about. A few nights ago, unfortunately, I was in a situation. Um, the situation, though not of my doing, uh, has been made clear to me by the Steelers uh, that it is a non-issue to, to both the team and the Steelers organization. Uh, my sole uh, focus is on preparing for next week's playoff game, and so it won't be addressed further. Um, that being said, I'm really excited about the opportunity these playoffs 
uh, bring to our players, coaches, and, and the entire Steeler organization and any questions. Todd, were you shoved? Shoved to the ground? Is that what happened? As I said, I'm, that's as far as I'll address it. Foot, right. Football stuff. <laughs> Football stuff. Todd was your favorite player growing up. I am hip. <laughs> what is hip? Uh, what is your favorite Shakira song? Football question. Were you tackled much like you were in a football game on the street outside of Tequila Cowboy? Did you survive the ground? Right. <laughs> it's your favorite Huey Lewis song, It's Hip to Be Square. <laughs> were you pushed to the ground as a result of a conversation about your football acumen? What rhymes with battered Elvis? Did the Chiefs still suck? <laughs> He doesn't have a shattered hip. It might have a small fracture or something. You got a shattered hip. You're in, you're not walking around. He's walking around and coaching. You heard him. So it doesn't sound like, oh, God. I'm that would be funny gotta... if he's like, I'm not going to address it anymore. And then every time he moved a little bit, big. Ah! Uh, safe to say I'm not hurting at all. That's a third down package. Oh, it hurts. Maybe Steely uh, broke his fall. <laughs> nice big do that. Nerf, that would be great. Nice big Nerf cushion. Defensive coordinator Keith Butler talked about the upcoming postseason <laughs> as one in which the goal of the Steelers is to defend the realm. Butler wants to win another Super Bowl for the organization and keep the Steelers the Super Bowl winningest team of all time. As for those other teams that have won more NFL championships, the Packers and the Bears and the Giants, well, there's the Super Bowl era and then there's everything else. When does the modern day area come in? It come into play. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, I mean, how many how many teams have competed for the Super Bowl every year? Has it been 28? Has it been 30? Has it been 32? How many com- uh, competed for those back then? Uh, it's comparable. You think all the coaches feel that way? About about the yeah yeah, yeah. I mean those guys played here. I mean all three of the guys. I mean three of our guys played here. John's been here for Dagum 23 years. Yeah, they feel like that. I, I would think they would. So seven's a real big deal. Not just win this one, win the seventh one. Yeah, let's get the seventh. And then let's get the eighth. Seriously. Seriously. So let's get the seventh, let's get the eighth. You know, it always occurred to me that uh, ownership was interested in how many total Super Bowls the Steelers had won. And the fans mm-hmm. were very interested in how many total Super Bowls the Steelers had won. But I always suspected that players and coaches, that you know, they wanted to win as a team. But they wanted to do it for their legacies, not necessarily the organizations. Seems to be a greater power at work here. Yeah. They're more Belichickian, not Brady. Maybe. 70 Steelers started that, right? I mean, win one for the thumb. It was kind of like, let's get another one. Yeah, and then it kind of went away for a while, but uh, now it's back. Yeah, but that's because free agency kind of took over at that point, right? And then Neil O'Donnell and Mike Tomzak and Bobby Brister. I mean, Brady's probably concerned about winning his sixth, not the Patriots. No, he doesn't care about the Patriots. That's what that article tells you. Is it the Patriots sixth, though? Aren't they one and the same? So far. I mean, James Harrison doesn't care about the Steelers. We know this. Well, he did up until the point where he... Came engineered the his. They uh, no longer cared about him until he engineered his release. He could have retired a Steeler, opened up a bunch of gyms, 
Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't want to do that crap. Maybe he just wants to play football. Yeah, well, dumb business decision, yeah. but short term. Maybe he's got enough money. Yeah, maybe he does. Maybe he wants to play three more games. Maybe he wants to play three more For the years. team we could never be. Now I really think they should ramp up the steroid testing on James Harrison. <laughs> I'm convinced he's on steroids. Uh, he's gone to Guerrero now. He's probably on TB12. What if yeah. he goes there? Probably. No the, question. That should be the follow-up story. What They got the new clear there. You know, whatever that stuff they were using back in the day, they got it at a TB12. Hopefully they have some really sharp acupuncture needles that can puncture his walrus-like skin. <laughs> Plus you can get, like, he does have, like, that, like, the those acupuncture pictures he always posts. Yeah. The needles break on his skin. They look like harpoons. <laughs> guys are bitter about James Harrison, huh? Yeah. Super bitter. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. TB12, you know, the good thing there is after you get your uh, your clear uh, undetectable steroid treatment there, hair plugs available in the back. <laughs> Perfect. It's a one-stop shop. Penguins could probably use some steroids or... Somebody, somebody give the Penguins steroids. Some sort of pick-me-up. Uh, 4 nothing Carolina over the Pens last night. That's 4 and eight. In the last 12, and the Penguins lost ground as opposed to gaining ground in the chase for one of those two wild-card spots in the Eastern Conference. They uh, haven't won two games in a row since a four-game winning streak at the end of November and the early part of December, and Mike Sullivan is uh, trying to figure out why that's the case and, and what to do about it. Um, I don't think it's any one thing, no. I think it's I think it's a combination of things. It seems like it's it's something. It could be something different every night, you know. It's uh, but it starts with uh, it starts with a compete level and a mindset and a, you know and uh, and a willingness to, to you know to win puck battles and things of that nature. And you know we played a team tonight that we knew was. That's a quick team. That's got a puck pursuit game. We had to we had to be able to handle their pressure, get out of our end zone. We had to hang on the pucks in the offensive zone, and I, I just don't think we did it successfully enough. You know, I thought you know the start was okay. The, the first period was fairly even. Um, you know, I thought the second period we made some mistakes, and uh, it probably gave their team a little bit of a lift. And but but we've got to find a way to push back there at that critical at those critical areas or critical times. During the game, when when a team gets a lift, if they score a goal, we've got we've got to find some pushback in our game so we get momentum back. Yeah, pushback has been apparent from the Penguins this season, but not very often. And they got to figure that out. They are uh, at the Islanders tonight, and they host Boston on Sunday. I'm with uh, John McClain uh, in terms of what he thinks going to happen, what he thought was going to happen this weekend. I think New Orleans is coming out of the NFC. They look good. Especially their run game. Drew Brees. And Ingram and the rookie. Playmakers. I think Philadelphia's going to win its first game. Well, let me back up on that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure of the pecking order in the NFC. New Orleans wouldn't go to Philly next, right? It would be the I don't know the, the answer championship to that. game. Whoever's the lowest seed goes there, right? Because they're the number one. Philly's number one. Atlanta's the six, so yeah. LA would be the three. So either the either a dome team or Los Angeles. Well, LA wouldn't go there, but 
I mean, this weather continues, and Patriots keep winning. AFC Championship could be battled in some fairly inclement weather. Phillies be okay with that. Oh yeah, they can handle it. No, bring it. I'm all right with it. All right, quick break. We'll be right back. Don't forget, you can play Pittsburgh Fantasy Football. I guess you just put the lineup together with all the wildcard teams right now. DVE.com. Game tickets, team gear, jerseys, stuff like that. We won't give you a Harrison jersey, though. It says 92. We'll make it uh, Joel Steed. No. Who's the 92? Gilden. There you go. Gilden. What number is Kevin Green? 91. He wasn't quite as good as Harrison. <laughs> it's the DB Morning Show. We spoke with Jay Larson earlier. He's going to be on Showtime's Rog Gronkowski comedy special tonight, Unsportsmanlike Comedy. Jay is a tremendously funny guy. He's got his own special, Me Being Me, out now on his website, jlarsoncomedy.com. Here's the aforementioned unknown phone number bit he did on the Conan O'Brien show. I have a question. Your cell phone rings and you don't recognize the number. What do you do? Ignore it. Don't answer it. Not me. I like life. <laughs> the other day, my cell phone rang 917. That's a New York number. I didn't know who it was. I picked it up anyway. I hit talk. I said, hello. Guy in the line goes, hey, Bruce, what's going on? My name's Jay, not Bruce. So I said, nothing much, man. What's going on with you? <laughs> and he said, I'll tell you what's going on. I just got an email about the budget. It's supposed to be 15000 Now it's 10000 And I'd like to know what's up. I got excited in my chest. <laughs> I grabbed the steering wheel. I was like, okay, focus. Your name is Bruce. There's a budget. It was 15000 Now it's 10000 No one's happy about it. That's all we know. That's all we know. So I just repeated back to him what he said to me. And I go, 10000 It's supposed to be 15000 He goes, yeah, I know. Well, I just got an email, and now it's ten. I go, listen, man, I don't know what to tell you. I've been on the road all day. You know, I haven't even seen it. And he goes, did you send this out? <laughs> Giving some attitude to Bruce. I didn't like it. <laughs> I said, listen, man, the budget was 15000 We had a couple extra expenditures. It went up to sixteen two. I reworked it, got it down to fourteen seven. I had 300 to play with, so I called it 15 and I sent it out. And he goes, yeah, well, now it's 10, man. And I was like, oh, my God, that worked. That worked. <laughs> Phase one complete. Phase one complete. <laughs> Like, now I'm in the door. I have a 401k. I was at the Christmas party, okay? <laughs> so he goes, did Larry okay this? I go, listen, man, I took the budget to Larry. Larry said it looked fine, but I knew it was my ass on the line, so I ran it by Jennifer, just in case, just to double check. Jennifer said it looked good. I sent it out. He goes, yeah, well, now it's 10, man. And I realized, this guy has no idea what's going on over there. He hasn't talked to Larry. I know he hasn't talked to Bruce. He doesn't even recognize my voice. <laughs> I know he didn't talk to Jennifer. I just made her up. <laughs> so he goes, listen, man, what are we going to do about this? And I go, listen, I'm on the road right now. I haven't even seen the email. Why don't you give Larry a call, check in with him, see what he says, call me back. Just <laughs> praying he will, because that return phone call was going to be amazing. <laughs> And he goes, you know what? Why don't we wait till you get home? You check the email. You call Larry. You call me back. And I go, nah, nah, bro. Larry knows way more about this than I do. Give him a call. Call me back. He goes, OK. Hangs up the phone. To which I explode with euphoria. <laughs> because there's a small business in New York that is crumbling to the ground. 
over five grand, and nobody can find Jennifer. <laughs> They're looking. They're looking. I get home, I'm so excited, I take out my cell phone. I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna save that guy's number. Give him a call in a couple days, touch base, you know what I mean? Check in. <laughs> See where we're at, you know? So I save it in my phone under random guy. That's what he is, he's a random guy. Four or five days pass, I forget about it. Laying on my couch, watching the ball game, phone rings on the dining room table. I get up, watching the game, grab the phone, watching the game, look down, random guy. <laughs> But it's been a couple days, you know what I mean? So I'm like, random guy? Who's random guy? Like, who would even have random guy as their name that comes up? And then I was like, <gasps> random guy! <laughs> like, now I'm panicked, you know what I mean? People's lives have been affected. It's only five grand, but I don't know how big that company is. But I'm addicted to it, you know what I mean? I started this thing, I need to see it through. So I put my earbuds in, just get a little distance, you know, just get a little space. And I hit talk. Same guy goes, hey, Larry, what's going on? Yeah, now he's calling me Larry. He knows something's up, but I'm not about to back down. I go, nothing much, man, what's going on with you? And he goes, well, I got us on conference call with Janelle and Marie. And I was like, okay, here we go, here we go. <laughs> this is why we play the game, you guys. This is why we play the game. So I go, Welcome to the call, ladies, as if to say, welcome to the show. You know what I mean? Here we go. Marie takes the lead. She goes, hey, Larry, what time is it where you are? I live in L.A., they're in New York, it's 5.30, so I go, 8.30, it's 8.30. She goes, really, what's the weather like? And I was like, oh, weather's nice, weather's nice. She goes, you know, this doesn't sound like Larry. And I go, oh, yeah? Who's it sound like? And a random guy chirps him from the back, and he goes, sounds like Bruce! Sounds like Bruce! <laughs> Like, he's gonna blow this case wide open. <laughs> and I go, listen, guys, this isn't Larry and it isn't Bruce. And Marie goes, who is this? <laughs> I said, I'm just some guy who had nothing better to do than to mess with you guys. And Marie got pissed. She was not happy. She goes, you understand we're trying to run a business over here? And I was like, yeah, well, I got that from the budget. I just figured it was a business. <laughs> and she goes, what do you think? This is some kind of joke? And I was like, well, that it's pretty funny. funny. And she goes, let me ask you something. And I go, no, you let me ask you something. And she goes, what? And I go, where we at with the budget? DVE morning show. Jay Larson before that from the Conan O'Brien show. This is wrong number story. Catch him so tonight funny. on the Gronk uh, comedy special on Showtime on Sportsmanlike Comedy and catch his new special, Me Being Me, at jlarsoncomedy.com. Do we know Sounds when they like film that? What's up? That's probably the off season. Yeah, it's not like something that was done last month or anything. No. Not live or. I don't know. We could probably find out. Be interesting. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll see. If they're like, uh, hey, so uh, Obama's doing a good job, right? <laughs> you know. What's it called? Unsportsmanlike comedy? Yeah. With Rob Gronkowski. I just want it to be a distraction. I want all things to be a distraction for the Patriots right now. Read the ESPN story and just have fun and enjoy. Enjoy a nice Which weekend. is like really such a Pyrrhic victory for us to sit there and be like, oh, look how all the success has made them angry at each other. All the winning. All the championships have really bummed them out. I don't know, <laughs> but the Showtime page shows him in like, Boxer briefs and two chicks with referee bathing suits on. Nice. Does he 
jump on anybody's neck at any point. Give them the forearm shiver. All right. We'll find out who the Steelers play this weekend. Wild card weekend. Oh, I can't wait. This is a fun weekend of football. It is. It's nice. I'm on dry January. You are? Uh, you're going to seriously do that? Yeah, but I, for Steelers games? I think Steeler games, I should be allowed to have beers. No. Uh, you either got to do it or you can't. Because it's, if it's a sober month, you then can't drink in the middle month, of it. Right. He makes a good point. I don't care. I'm doing dry January except for Steeler games. You do your own dry no, January. No, no, no. That's not dry January. <laughs> it is for me. I want a poll to be conducted. I'm just going to keep drinking. What's the poll? Is it a dry January? Can I have special dispensation for Steeler games? That means you would drink two different games. Three if we're lucky. Two. Hmm. Yeah, third one would be in third February. Third one would be in February. Yeah. Two. Two. You think I'm not going to drink? If we play the Patriots, there's no way I'm not drinking. So then you're not having no dry January. Yeah. <laughs> you better uh, shoot for a dry March. Mostly dry January. No, that's not a thing. I'm not paying 50 <laughs> cents for a Coke. Then you ain't getting no Coke. <laughs> I think I think what I'm doing is admirable. How do you like that? I think that's great. I think it's to be commended. Mm. I think you should commend yourself. I am. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to celebrate my dry January by having a few beers tonight. <laughs> I'm going to reward myself. That's right. That's how I roll. All right, we're done. Michelle's coming in next. Sounds like Bruce. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm.